Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. One thing I think we can agree on is we shouldn't shut down the government over a dispute. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck. Because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. Let's debate in okay, private. We came in here in good faith and we're entering into a, this kind of a, a discussion in the public view. But it's not bad, Nancy. No, 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 it's but called transparency. <laughs> We need border security. That's what we're going to be talking about, border security. If we don't have border security, we'll shut down the government. Elections have consequences, Mr. President. Let me just say. That's right. And that's why the country is doing so well. Skag Cabri, whoever he is. Sadiq Khan is just a gay, muzzy terrorist. I agree with that. All right, go, go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. We are trying to get the guests you guys want and are asking for, I swear. But this is like the coolest show to give the cold shoulder to. I've accepted that that is our lot in life. Uh, So we're doing what we can. I know some people, there's some hot guests people are looking for. Try and get them. But uh, in the meantime, the news stops for nobody. And there's a lot to get to this week. Firstly, no Michael Cohen talk, since I think I almost made you quit the show on the spot. A few, to- a few weeks ago when we last talked about Mr. Cohen. Yeah. Uh, if they actually try to punish Trump over these campaign finance allegations, uh, I anticipate we'll get back to it. There's talk that maybe there's going to be an indictment and there's the whole question of whether or not you can indict a sitting president. Probably not, but maybe we could find out on the fly. Impeachment talk during the next Congress. Who knows? We'll have to return to the story. There is uh, more news in Patreon gate that we talked about at length last week. The deplatformers, these journalists, these truth-seeking journalists in charge of deplatforming the wrong thinkers, they're going after Subscribestar now. Uh, this, well, some promising new alternatives are on the way. So there's still a lot of uncertainty in this whole mess, and we'll try to figure out where some safety may be coming in the near future. We uh, may be amid a government shutdown this time next week as Trump demands border wall funding and Democrats refuse to oblige. Yes, yes, I anticipated you'd be excited about this. Uh, Trump hosted Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in the White House for a public discussion. And uh, as I tried to present in the intro there, to me, it was like watching a sitcom, kind of. It felt like that. Like I I wanted live audience reaction to spice (laughs) it up a little bit. A laugh track. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Trump had some good uh, moments, and I, there's some things I appreciate about this, and there's some things that I'm annoyed with about this meeting. So we'll we'll get Nancy into it. Nancy Pelosi's senility on display, laid bare for all to see. The economy is terrible, says Nancy and Pelosi. And that tinkly skunk. That tinkly skunk got some tinkle on my leg. <laughs> There are uh, some notable federal court cases with Supreme Court implications circulating. Surprise, surprise, Brett Kavanaugh is not, in fact, a right-wing zealot, despite what you were told all summer and fall. We'll, uh, we'll check in with those stories. Google CEO Sundar Pichai heads to Capitol Hill to answer questions from lawmakers. The meeting itself is mostly the same old crap, or at least what I thought. Uh, but there were some notable and funny wrinkles, including a California congressman saying on CNN he would love to regulate speech, but the Constitution prevents him. At least he's being honest about it. I guess. Is that yeah. what we're giving points for these days? Yeah. You, you'd like your congressman to believe in the philosophy behind the First Amendment. Yeah. And depending on how you interpret his words, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I would love to regulate the content of speech is not something I would like to hear my congressman say. But that's why they vote for him in California, I guess. YouTube realizes the dream. We mentioned it on the call-in show. We might have mentioned it in passing last week. But YouTube has set the record for most disliked video on its own platform with its 2018 Rewind video. If you wanted to see Casey Neistat dancing to K-pop, then you're in luck because we're going to check that out later. With Will Smith narrating it or at least introducing it. A student at Columbia goes on a late-night drunken I Love White People rant and he is immediately condemned for his racism. What happened there? We'll check in on the story. Plus the terror terror attack of the week returns. Hoax hate of the week comes back after like a week off. It's back. (laughs) And we have an update on Desmond, one of the two child drag stars we have followed. It's like, it's interesting with these child drag stars. It it starts off as he just likes to wear girl clothes and it's kind of enabled by the parents. And then every step we see from them is like one step more sexual. It's, it's one step more sexualized every time. Yeah, and everybody called this, like, right in the beginning. Yeah, so we'll see what's going on there. And, of course, we will take Super Chats through YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us wherever we're allowed to be supported. I, I don't even have... A place to plug at this point. Just thanks for helping out if you are and for sticking with us despite the chaos. And thanks for emailing us. That's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. If you prefer the show on the go, grab it in the audio format uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us. Got a couple pieces. Uh, oh, no, I have some announcements before artwork. Uh, you wanted to update the the story on Le Pen's kids. I put oh Merkel in here. So news myself. I said Le Pen. I don't know why I was thinking she didn't have children. She does. She has three children. Hmm. Is Merkel childless? Because I wrote Merkel Mer- in the notes. Merkel is. Yes. Okay. So yes, maybe I was confused there. Anyway, um, I don't know why I thought that about Le Pen. I you are fake news. Very I fake. News. I am fake news. Yeah. yeah. Wrong about that. Also, we're gonna have no Colin show on uh, the day after Christmas. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, that's not. I don't know. We didn't really talk about it, but I think that makes sense. So we'll say no call this week. We'll have a normal call and show stream this week, Wednesday, but the day after Christmas, everybody go be with your family and have a happy Christmas time. And we'll catch up with you in 2019 for the call in show, but it will carry on this week as normal. Uh, 2019. Real- oh my. I know. God. It's like, it's the future already. It's crazy. I know. I know. 
I, uh, I, I know you don't like fantasy football talk, but one of my leagues for the listeners, the survivor pool is actually over and it ended weeks ago. But I realized because I had like 200 people or something playing in this survivor pool, I don't have a way to contact the guy who won it because I was going to send him a message to say, look, I'll send you a podcast shirt or a mug or whatever you want. You won the league. Congrats. But I can't send him a message. So his name is Obi Don Kenobi. If that's you, send me an email and don't lie because I'll know if you lied. Only the real (laughs) Obi Don Kenobi can send me an email and say, yeah, man, I would like to claim my prize and I will get that arranged for you. And congrats on winning the league. A couple pieces of artwork before we hop into the stories. It's Christmas time. So cute. Yeah. So this is a, I don't, I don't know what scene this is necessarily just a generic Christmas scene with. Yeah. I I guess you still have an armband, whatever it is you're doing. You have an elf hat and coal. This is from Facepalm Reality, by the way, the same guy who did our podcast artwork, if you like our overall podcast art look. Oh, wow. And look at that beard. That's a good beard. I know. Beard. I can only dream to grow uh, <laughs> some. If I start now, maybe by the time I'm Santa's age, maybe I'll be there. A little patchier, but I'm sure it could be something comparable. Oh, look, your little logo is on your hat. I know. You've got the little, the little M on it. Oh. Uh, then we had Sean send us another Christmas-themed Photoshop this uh, this is seen from Rudolph. I'm not even exactly sure what's going on here, but I'm glad that I am the abominable snowman (laughs) as an appreciator of all things Yeti Sasquatch and so forth. This one from Jamie. This is, uh, I guess, called Blonde Again Christensen. I don't know exactly what's going on in this scene, but I like the implication that I am saving you, perhaps uh, from forgive me. Look at that. I, I actually am not super familiar with this particular piece of art. So it looks but I, like I, a Renaissance art. You would be you would be Jesus, right? Good. I like that. <laughs> and I like the stylized Caesar too. So thank you, Jamie, for that. And the last piece I have is actually a musical contribution from a listener named Stephen Ignoramus. If you listen to the Colin show, I refer to him as Stephen Two, because of course Stephen Suarez is the original Stephen. Oh, but, who I have another fake news about. He emailed me. I called yeah. him our gay Mexican fan. Yeah. He is actually Spanish, and I'm very, very sorry. Spanish heritage. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't check sorry. his intersectional boxes to mm-hmm. shield your bigotry any longer, <laughs> FYI. Anyway, Stephen Ignoramus wrote an entire brief song for the Colin show. He says he did it in 90 minutes. It's called Wednesday Evenings Are Fine. And uh, pay attention to the lyrics, because in addition to being catchy, the lyrics are, I don't know, really well done. This is Stephen Ignoramus. Hey, Matt and Blonde. I wrote you guys a song tonight. This song is called Wednesday Evenings Are Fine. Uh, I started writing it about 90 minutes ago, and it's what I put together. And you guys are one of my favorite shows. Call your beauty. Call your beta. Every Wednesday evening, they're your sanity saviors. Matt's the beta. Blonde's the beauty. Two to three minutes, then they'll give you the boot. I always thought I'd only use the sig high alone until I got my favorite fascist two on the phone. Can't tell me you seem kind of funny and smart. Just can't believe someone would have like so much hate in their heart. Call a man, call a blonde. Ten before the hour when my sanity gone, you can call them. <laughs> Maybe same old time. 
place Wednesday evenings are fine If you need a safe space Find a break online Can I call you someday Wednesday evenings are fine Sweet! Thank you, Stephen. That was very cool. Oh my gosh. I know people say this all the time, but I really believe we have the best subscribers on YouTube. Oh, They're yeah. So if... creative and talented. And I just love all the artwork and the music that we get. It's amazing. Yeah. It warms it's my like heart. we were talking about last week. The community built around this stream and the show is, uh, it, it never ceases to impress me and make me proud of, of what we've been able to build. So thank you, Stephen, for that fantastic work and all of our. Uh, art contributors i really appreciated that he got the uh how could someone have like so much hate in their heart <laughs> reference That's in good. there appreciate it good stuff. uh before we get into the uh subscribe star stuff uh of course smearing pewdiepie is like a journalist's favorite activity on uh just generally speaking, PewDiePie is a Nazi. PewDiePie is a white supremacist, whatever. So there was another piece that came out of Vox this week that is ripping PewDiePie because PewDiePie did a shout out video where he praised um, content from a channel called ER or E semicolon R. I'm not familiar with this, but PewDiePie said he liked this channel's video essays, including one about a, a Netflix movie or the Netflix movie Death Note. He says he enjoyed the coverage or the discussion of that movie on this channel. This channel, of course, was scoured and there was supposedly white supremacist messaging somewhere on it. So, of course, PewDiePie is now a white supremacist because he enjoyed some discussion of Death Note on that channel. Under pressure, PewDiePie edited out that recommendation from his video and made an additional video commenting on it. But what's notable about how far some of this uh, coverage has gone is this author over at Vox. The name is Aja Romano. Uh, I'm not familiar with this Aja Romano person, but mm. this paragraph here says, Hey, look, I went and scoured PewDiePie's Twitter follows for alt-right links. And what a loser. He only follows a few hundred people on Twitter. Many of them are alt-right identified figures, including Jordan Peterson, of course, who's alt-right uh, prominent Gamergate writer, Ian Miles Chong. InfoWars editor Paul Joseph Watson, Stephen Molyneux, Lauren Southern. <laughs> and the recently, quote-unquote, red-pilled YouTube personality, Lacey Green. Lacey Green is now an alt-right identified figure. If you're not familiar, Lacey Green, of course, is an intersectional feminist who sometimes has some bones to pick with censorious behavior on the left. Right. And she sometimes will debate people. She's willing to discuss things with people she disagrees with i don't think that any of those people are even identitarians um but i uh, love that they do this because it allows people like me to just fly right under the radar <laughs> people like you what do you mean <laughs> i don't know people that are more controversial than that hmm. um well but I, would I mean say that, Richard i would say Spencer you're probably, probably more controversial than people on some certainly more controversial than lacey green well yeah that's absurd yeah. but i love that they label everybody all right it just gives everybody a pass so Fine, yeah. keep doing this. Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro are also uh, included. And he followed Sargon until the suspension. <laughs> Sargon, of, of course, also. All right. So, uh, you know, they just keep digging their graves, desperate for those clicks, desperate with, uh, you know, defaming people with nonsense accusations because they have nothing better going on over at Vox. Whatever. Maybe they'll go the way of Weekly Standard. The Weekly Standard. Yeah, the we Weekly Standard died this week, too. Uh, which I don't know much about, but I know it was Bill Crystal's thing, right? 
Yeah, I mean, they just got off with all of this never Trump nonsense. It was formerly a conservative publication, but they turned on their base and then they had, <laughs> they had to shut the whole thing down. Mm. So let this be a lesson to you people that can't do your goddamn jobs. Vox. Well, the other, they're never going to give up. They're going to keep going after not only people's speech and try to, try to smear them by association, but we anyone could have seen this coming when we discussed Subscribestar last week, of course, as the Patreon alternative uh, amid the Sargon banning, uh, which we discussed at length last week. So now these journalists are going after Subscribestar because as, uh, what does this um, Financial Times article say? Uh, PayPal shuts Russian crowdfunders account after alt-right influx. So I love, we're at the point too where the fact that the guy who runs it is Russian is itself like implicating or of note. Why else would they write Russian crowdfunder? Right. Because that's supposed to be damning for some reason. Instead of just saying crowdfunders account after alt-right influx, including notably Sargon. So as all the alt-right people, basically just people who have been deemed wrong thinkers or people like us who are presumed wrong thinkers and trying to get ahead of the game because we're probably going to be banned by Patreon and the rest of these people go to Subscribestar. Well, journalists start pressuring PayPal who had been handling financial processing for Subscribestar and PayPal cuts off its ties this week with Subscribestar. So uh, PayPal shut down Subscribestar's account and a company uh, spokesman said, we carefully review accounts to ensure our services are used in line with our longstanding acceptable use policy and take action as appropriate. No commentary on how Subscribestar violated their longstanding acceptable use policy. I love this quote because the guy who's credited with sort of spearheading this attack on Subscribestar is Tim Squirrel, a PhD candidate studying alt-right online communities. Squirrel, you say? Yeah. This sounds like some sort of, you know, Jared Holt type. I'm a PhD candidate studying alt-right people on the internet. Okay. You're not studying them. You're meddling in people's livelihoods and speech. But, you know, say, say whatever you want. He says, quote, Subscribestar has delineated itself from the competition by its approach to content creators actively marketing itself as an alternative for those deplatformed by Patreon and other services. The question it's going to need to deal with in the coming days and weeks as it receives more publicity from the alt-right creators beginning to use it will be where it draws the line. Uh, How about the line is illegal activity and the rest is none of your goddamn business. How about that? How about that's the line, dude? This is so Orwellian. And this is why in the beginning when people were like, well, you're just going to have to create your own, your new platform, create your own platforms. Yeah. You can't do that. It's it's impossible. God, we're going to have to get the government involved, aren't we? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we we do have some good news to, to speak to in a moment. So don't get too angry, but Subscribestar doesn't appear to be caving. I don't. I want to be clear. This doesn't mean Subscribestar is dead, that it's not viable, anything like that. What they have done is because PayPal has cut them off, they've suspended transactions. So you can't actually sign up to support us on Subscribestar as, a, as of this moment. People who have, Subscribestar is assuring us that the money they've contributed or pledged to contribute will get to places where it was designated to go. So we'll have to take their word for it on that. But, but the Subscribestar team is saying, we got to find a new financial processor. Guess we're going to do that. Give us two to three weeks. We're going to find a new financial processor and we're going to carry on. Fine. I so mean, it doesn't sound after like they're caving. Gab rolled with the punches and came out and was so resilient. I'm like, other people can do it. If Gab can do it after yeah. shooting. 
which I'm excited to see what Gab has in the mix. They say they're going to do some kind of crowdfunding thing too. And, you know, say what you will about Gab. Uh, they've been incredibly resilient in the face of an onslaught of deplatforming and censorship attempts. And I admire their commitment to principle and free speech values in the face of that. And, and we've got Ann Coulter now. Oh, she's on Gab now, is she? And she tweeted that Donald Trump should join Gab. Good. That would be great. That'd be great. So um, the other the piece of good news that I teased is that on Patreon, uh, Jordan Peterson, we mentioned last week there was some rumors circulating that maybe Dave Rubin, Jordan Peterson, these quote-unquote IDW, intellectual dark web crowd, might do something about this. There was a video posted to Dave Rubin's account today in which Jordan Peterson confirms, listen, I've been thinking about this for some time, actually. I had a platform in mind that I think I can modify easily to be a Patreon alternative. And we're going to try to have something up in very short order. Uh, this is great news. I mean, I, I'm not going to like, even though I, I, I'm a fan of Ruben, I'm a fan of Peterson. I'm not going to say you can count on this a hundred percent as I wouldn't say for any platform. That's not the point. What I do want to say is I want to praise them for taking up, uh, stepping up and taking action as opposed to sitting back and complaining about it. And yeah, trying to do something about a problem they see. Is this going to be the savior? I don't know, but I'm very happy to see this and I'm thankful that they're doing something about it. Yeah, so the grand irony of all of this is that I'm going to end up on Jordan Peterson's platform. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack so hard. He's going to save your livelihood, Jordan <laughs> Peterson is, and then you're going to have to eat crow. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I don't even care. Here's what he had to say today on uh, Dave Rubin's channel. We've been engaged in a lengthy series of email exchanges with all of the people in our network and no one is happy at all with what's been happening. And so we've been determining what our options are. And we looked at Subscribestar, but it looks like PayPal decided to cut funding out from them. And so it doesn't look like moving to an alternative provider, an, an alternative commercial pro provider that's out of our bailiwick out of our control is going to be viable. I've been working on for months, literally for months, it's been six months, I've been working on a system to allow authors and other people who engage publicly on intellectual issues to interact more effectively with their readers and viewers and listeners. What we're going to try to do as fast as we possibly can is to set the system up on a subscriber model that's analogous to Patreon. It'll have a bunch of additional features, which I don't want to talk about right now, and I don't want to overpromise. We're going to try to get that rolled out as fast as we possibly can. Imagine that this will take somewhere between a week and a month to sort out properly. We're going to try to get something up in the next week. So good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, you know, is he going to let Faith Goldie on? Is he going to let Richard Spencer on? Is he going to let Roosh V on? Because if he's One not, then this is just Patreon light and I might as well just stick with them. I mean, One would hope. I've yeah, slayed my heroes, so I don't put very much stock in this. Hmm. But, you know. I, I, as I said, I can't trust anybody 100% to maintain total ideological neutrality. But I will certainly and happily put my stock in people like Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin, uh, you know, who have... 99% of the time stood up for the right values, done the right thing, and, and have a, a general view of the world that I would like to support and align myself with. So I consider this good news. I would hope that this particular platform, Gab's alternative, if Subscribestar sticks with its commitment as it's describing, that we'll have 
not just one alternative, but several that are actually willing to stand up to this sort of nonsense and tell these journalists and other activists who are, they're not exposing truth. They're trying to meddle in people's livelihoods and destroy people for wrong think that, you know, people have courage to stand up to them and give them the finger, which they deserve. Um, yeah, definitely. I can't believe that they're allowed to do this. So just eliminate, systematically eliminate their competition. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing about this. It's like, as we've been saying this whole time, the I'm generally sympathetic to any business that says, you know, I just don't want to associate with this person. Great. I, I don't, and same thing with the, the, the cake baking. You don't want to bake the cake. Fine. But it rests upon the idea that someone else can have that business right, opportunity. Right. So in the case of the cake, you, you can refuse to bake the cake. But if I set up a competing cake shop next door that says, yes, lots of gay cakes, you don't get to come meddle in exactly. my business. Well, that then. just goes to show this isn't about voluntary transactions yeah. or private organizations doing as they see fit. It's about ruining people's status in life, making um, their lives difficult, their basic transactions difficult, income difficult, if you disagree with them ideologically. That's what it's always been about for the left, and they've yeah. just, just feigned libertarianism, like LARPed as libertarians oh, so yeah. that they can you know, make conservatives comfortable with what, with what they're actually doing. Yeah. And this, this Tim squirrel fellow says subscribe star needs to explain where it draws the line. No, Tim squirrel. I need you to explain your worldview to me because the natural extension of what you're describing is that everybody's going to have to be a certified right thinker or correct thinker in order to engage in financial exchange to which you are not a party. There's nothing illegal about the financial exchange occurring. It's yeah. not for an illegal and product. And do you people want deceptive. somebody named Tim Squirrel deciding <laughs> what you can and cannot think? I, I don't understand. Um, if we go to the extreme and I, let's say, you know, a lot of people want us to open up a P.O. box or people like us to open up a P.O. box and accept checks. Would Tim Squirrel then ask the bank or the post office, hey, why are you enabling alt-right financial transaction? Because it's none of your yes. goddamn business and nobody's breaking the law. That's why. Yeah. I, I can't understand this, but the last thing I wanted to say about this is uh, I just want to give a big thanks to everybody who's trying to stick with us despite all this uncertainty. I wish I could give you guys like a definitive course of action to take, like do this. It's safe. Right. This is the alternative. It's going to be fine. I think for now we're going to have to wait and see, and I will do what I can to be on every single alternative possible to give you as many options as possible. Yeah, and that I mean, way, right now, I think the only thing that is safe or the safest thing is is Bitcoin, which is you know wildly fluctuating. It's the only the thing that's months. fully decentralized and that nobody. Well, can if you have inferior. a Coinbase wallet, which I do, then that might become problematic eventually. Hmm. But at this point in time, I think it is probably the safest. Hmm. So uh, stick with us as more information becomes available. I'll keep updating on this, and uh, you know, I just appreciate everybody who's. It's like we talked about last week. I amid all this chaos, I'm actually not that worried or intimidated. I know it's going to be fine. I would just like a little stability so we could move on and talk about real news stories yeah. instead of yeah. efforts to censor people like us and the people who enjoy this show. And that's one thing Sticks always talks about. And I want to, I want to um, repeat his point because I think it's a really important one. Whenever you're talking about deplatforming of creators like us. Yes, it's wrong to censor people to deplatform them because of their speech, but that's one side of the coin. The other side is they're harming your ability to consume it. They're harming your ability to share it with a friend who might find those ideas persuasive. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's harming the speaker, but it's harming the audience and it's against everyone's consent. Nobody consented exactly. to that. Exactly. 
Um, and in terms of income, people will put up with a lot if they're able to tap into those creature comforts, if they're able to live normal lives and, you know, do what they want to watch porn, eat crappy food and everything like that. Once you start messing with people's incomes, you're, you're going to be dealing with a, a dangerous element yeah. of the population. I think that this is really short-sighted. It's stupid. And I think that these liberals don't realize that they're playing with fire. Potentially. Potentially. Uh, you meddle with people's livelihoods, especially when there's families, children at stake, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, potentially serious problems with that. Mm -hmm. So... We'll have to see what happens. That's all I got to say on that. And uh, thanks thanks to everybody for sticking with us. You want to talk about the real political news outside of Michael Cohen, of course. But it's so cringy. Of... Three times the cringe, but I guess, yes. You thought so? There were, well, Yeah, it, Trump got some good ones in, but it was just like, you know, like it was like a drunk holiday or something. Kind of. Yeah. It, 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 there was sort of a show element to it that was very silly. And then there were certain... Like I said, there's certain things I appreciate about it and certain things that just piss me off about it. Mm -hmm. So to give context to what we're talking about, there was this White House meeting this week um, about a potential government shutdown. Uh, and and uh, the government shutdown potentially looms uh, uh, according to a deadline on Saturday. So by this time next week, we might actually be dealing with a government shutdown. And, and the White House and federal agencies are preparing as though we're going to have one. Uh, what was that? Oh, I just a government shutdown that just warms my heart. I ah. just love it when this happens. Well then, but that might impact border enforcement. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Is that essential or non-essential? Of course it's essential. I don't know how it works. Uh, anyway, the problem right. here between, between the president and congressional Democrats, uh, neither side appears willing to budge. The president wants $5 billion for wall construction in the budget. Congressional Democrats say absolutely not. The speculation is that a partial shutdown could last for days or weeks. Uh, the new Congress uh, or into the new Congress uh, next month. What a shutdown means, generally speaking, non-essential government activities cease. To give you an idea of what the scale of essential versus non-essential government activities or um, or services are, last time around in 2013 when this happened, 850,000 federal workers. Think about that scale. We have, that's those are the non-essential 850,000 federal workers, oh, nearly a million people who are non-essential. They received furloughs. Um, that was 40 percent of all federal non-military employees. Think of the size of the federal workforce, my God. Bloat, Furloughed, that is just government bloat. All of those people could probably lose their jobs and it wouldn't matter. Furloughed workers uh, almost always receive retroactive payments covering their salaries. Essential workers also see their pay delayed, but they keep working. Very few federal op operations close completely. Some are limited, but in general, Postal Service still runs, VA hospitals still run, Medicare and Medicaid still run, Social Security still runs, food stamps still run, all airport security staff, all TSA stuff, that keeps running, national parks keep running. In other words, as far as I can gather, you basically get a trimmer government, which might actually be an upgrade, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, the idea that anybody's going to be starving or dying because of this shutdown, it's just not the case. Um, Even if we eliminated food stamps and welfare programs, nobody would be starving or dying. Private organizations would pick up the slack. We could cut the government by 70%. It would be better. Probably. 30%. Um, and so Trump is standing his ground on this. He's, he's willing to make uh, wall funding a demand for his support for a budget. Democrats are asking for a continuing resolution extending last year's budget. 
And uh, Trump doesn't want to go along with that. So he invites uh, incoming speaker. It sounds like she has the votes now, does Nancy Pelosi. She whipped everybody into shape. And Nancy Pelosi will get the votes to be your Speaker of the House, it sounds like. And uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, they come to the White House to discuss the issue with cameras running. I cut this down. It's like a 15, 20-minute meeting. I cut it down to three, but that's still kind of long. So if you want to chime in at any point during this, go ahead. But I... We so rarely get to see these like unfiltered exchanges between the president and Democrats or just, you know, politicians generally that I kind of wanted to show a fair amount of this because it gives you an idea. It gives you an idea how many incompetent and insane and decrepit people are in government. (laughs) Something like that. So here's Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump in the White House discussing the issue. If you look at San Diego, illegal traffic dropped 92% once the wall was up. El Paso, illegal traffic dropped 72% then ultimately 95% once the wall was up. In Tucson, Arizona, illegal traffic dropped 92%. Yuma, it dropped illegal traffic 95 to 96%. If you really want to find out how effective a wall is, just ask Israel. (laughs) 99.9% effective. Nancy, would you like to say something? Well, thank you, Mr. President. You should not have a Trump shutdown. Uh, You have the the White House. A Trump shutdown. You have the White House. You have the Senate. You have the House of Representatives. You have the votes. You should pass it. No, we right don't have now. the votes, Nancy, because in the Senate we need 60 votes. No, no, but in the House. And we don't you have could bring it up right now. Yeah, but today. I can't, excuse me, but I can't get it passed <laughs> in the House if it's not going to pass in the Senate. I don't want to waste time. Well, you, well, the fact is you can get it started that way. So I don't think we should have it. We're getting like basic level civic stuff here, you know? Well, yeah. yes, you could pass it in the House, but you don't have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. Yeah. So what good is the exercise? Right. And Trump's pushing around that. And notice one thing you want to pay attention to. Notice how many times Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer bemoan the fact that this is in front of the press and people are watching. And they say, well, let's debate in private. Let's not discuss this in public. Right, right. I Poor find Pence. They're... Oh, God. Yeah, and Pence just sits there. like Looking constipated. Like, oh, when is it lunchtime? Good. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I hate these people so much. Yeah. But there's a resistance to discussing this in public and i don't think it's for you know good manners or something like that i think it's because the democrats have a reluctance to actually defend their position on some of this stuff so anyway debate in front of the press on this but the fact is the senate the house republicans could bring up this bill if they had the votes immediately let us have our conversation then we can meet with the press again chuck did you want to say something? here's what i want to say we have a lot of disagreements here the washington post today gave you a whole lot of pinocchios because they say you constantly misstate how much the wall is built how much of the wall is built and how much is there we do not want to shut down so uh what he's referencing there and i that is a fair point and uh it's it's not even that i'm trying to be a cheerleader for the Washington Post or anything. But Trump does frequently say the wall's under construction. We've already built X amount. Uh, what he's referring to largely when Trump says things like that. It's like is, fixing fences and things like that. Yeah, yeah it's it's fence maintenance uh, in certain areas. And it's money that was appropriated before he was even president. So uh, this is the Obama wall at best, if you want to call it that sort of stuff. Um, point is, the wall, the wall he described in the campaign this big, beautiful, 40-foot-tall concrete wall or whatever, that is nowhere near a reality, nor is it started. No. So I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to be somewhat fair, and I don't think that's a ridiculous point from Chuck Schumer there. It's like, you're bragging about the wall under construction. That's not, that's not true. Anyway. 
down the government. You have called 20 times to shut down the government. You say, I want to shut down the government. We don't. We have a proposal that Democrats and Republicans will support to do a CR that will not shut down the government. We urge you to take it. And if it's not good border security, I it won't take it. It is very good border security. And if it's security. not good border security, I won't take it. Let's call a halt to this. Let's debate in okay. private. Okay. okay? Yeah. Let's debate in private. Okay. The economy has, it's, uh, people are losing their jobs. The market's in a mood. Our members are already Well, we have the lowest unemployment that we've had in 50 years. 60 people of, of the Republican Party have lost it, are losing their offices now because of the transition. Excuse me, now, did we win the Senate? We won the Senate. When the president brags <laughs> that he won North Dakota and Indiana, he's in real trouble. When I, oh, I did. We came in. Okay, a couple things about this. I mean, I know the market took a bit of a dive at the start of the month, but the idea that economic struggle is behind the reason the Republicans lost seats in the House. Right. That's and I don't absurd. even know the number she's talking about. She says 60 seats. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was like 40 seats that flipped. I don't know. I mean, I think that she's trying to, she, she's talking about deeper economic issues, presumably, but she's trying to blame hmm. them on Trump. But if that's what she means, then those, you know, those, those that's a pre-existing condition of our economy, right? I suppose so. Uh, I did enjoy too, where, you know, she makes it sound like it's a total loss. The midterms, Trump notes, well, we picked up seats in the Senate. That counts. Chuck Schumer says, well, if he's, if he's bragging about North Dakota and Indiana, why don't they, why don't those states count? Yeah. Indiana has been a battleground for a long time. North Dakota, um, traditionally red, Yeah. but picking up a seat in a battleground state matters. And why, why, why shouldn't the president be able to discuss states he gained in? Oh, he's so disrespectful. And look at his posture, too. He He's very hunched. You're around the president of the United States. It gets more and more hunched throughout the meeting. So keep your eyes on it. Uh, here's more from the meeting. Here in good faith. Uh, and, and, and we are entering into a, a, this kind of a, a discussion in the public view. But it's not bad, let, Nancy. Let us, no, uh, no, it's but, called transparency. Uh, uh, Elections have me, consequences, me, Mr. Let me, President. Let me just say. That's right. And that's why the country is doing so well. The one ah, thing I think we can agree on is we shouldn't shut down the government over a dispute. And you want to shut it down. I, you no, keep no, talking no, no, about no. it. The last time, Chuck, you shut it down. No, no, no. And then you opened 20 it up times. very quickly. And 20 times. I don't want to do what you did. 20 but, times Chuck. you have called for, I will shut down the government if I don't get my wool. Good. You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, I will shut down the government. Okay, Absolutely. fair enough. And we I am disagree. proud, and I'll we tell you disagree. what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. Good. I mean, that's all well and good, but this uh, big swinging dick thing is really beginning to infuriate me because wall construction hasn't begun and he doesn't need congressional approval. And $5 billion in the grand scheme of things is not really that much money. How much money would it be if we deported every illegal immigrant in this country? How much money would we save in a year? It's got to be more than $5 billion. I, well, and I would expect the cost of doing that would be quite large too. the idea of, of actually. Yeah, but I, I bet we would that. recoup it within a year. They, they, oh, sure, sure. They take so, so many of our resources. It's incredible. So, you know, I, $5 billion, it just seems like, come on, this can't be, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, Um, it can't be that much of an obstacle. Yeah. You can build Um, like one square mile for, for five. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the timing of this and the lack of progress in the first two years is one thing that irritates me. And I want to add to that in a moment. The only other thing I wanted to say is. 
after the meeting. There's a little bit more context to what happened in the meeting. After the meeting, as you mentioned, um, you mentioned, uh, what is it? It's, it's skunk tinkle. Skunk tinkle is, we have to describe that. I too. was listening to that like, what is she talking <laughs> about? These are the ramblings of a crazy woman in a nursing yeah. home. Unfortunately, I don't have sound clips on this, so we'll have to rely on uh, New York Daily News' reporting here. But reportedly, after returning from uh, or returning to the Capitol from the White House, Nancy Pelosi said, quote, um, it's like a manhood thing for him, referring to the wall and Donald Trump, as if manhood could ever be associated with him. Now, that strikes me as a very sexist, gender norm upholding, yeah. transphobic thing to say. For real. Um, I'm, like, imagine if uh, Dan, uh, Trump had been like, Nancy Pelosi, what a chick, am I right? Like, just yeah. opening her arms to everybody uh, and welcoming criminals. What a frail criminals. old bitch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, never hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah of course. She added, uh, quote, I was trying to be the mom. I can't explain it to you. I was. It was so wild. It goes to show you, you get into a tinkle contest with a skunk, you get tinkle all over you. Okay. Tinkle all over you? I don't. Is that a saying? Let me know in the live chat if you've ever heard that. Because I've clearly skunk never tinkle. heard this. I mean, is this and also, before I ridicule her? Tinkle refers to pee, right? Urine. Yeah. yeah. So, But skunks don't pee on you. No. I mean, it kind of smells like urine. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to waste time trying to make sense of this nonsense. Don't they have like glands that spray? Yeah, they're, the, it's, this... a, it's specific to the scent that they... So that I they guess emit. she thought that skunks pee on you and that's why you or tinkle refers to the stuff that they squirt out and i didn't i don't i don't know i i don't want to <laughs> just let it <laughs> let that quote exist without additional commentary oh um, as i as i mentioned things i appreciate and things i don't much like you were saying um i'll start with things i don't actually so this like swinging ball show, as I call it, or what did I on the Wednesday stream? I think I called it like he's going around mushroom slapping them about the wall <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But it's mostly just that it's a show. And at some level, I can appreciate aggressive leadership and standing up for things you campaigned on. I've said it a, a lot. I don't care whether you campaign on Obamacare or you campaign on the wall. If you campaign on a focal issue and you get elected, go after that. That's the way it ought to work. I won't fault anyone for doing that, even if I disagree with them. But your base has to see material strides. That's that's the real problem here. The problem is, where was this aggressive leadership for the last two years where you had a Congress that was more likely to get on board with this sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Granted, you had a hurdle in the Senate. You were always going to have a tough road in the Senate. But maybe you could at least get Democrats on record. Maybe you could at least get some kind of... um, I don't know. You could get some kind of vote out of it. You could have a concrete plan that they're you, you have the leadership to at least bring the votes forward and get people on record. And you have that as a campaign issue going forward. We didn't quite see something like that. So I don't have, I don't have a problem with the aggressive stance. In fact, I admire that uh, most of the time, but I just admire it less when you are now waiting toward a uh, waiting until a less opportune time to display it. So that kind of annoyed me. It seems more about political gamesmanship than it does about actual results. Which is fine. I mean, in terms of the government being shut down, he knows this isn't going to offend his base. So I think that yeah. it's fine for him to be like, cool, shut it down and I'll take personal responsibility. I thought that that was a really good move. The mm. optics were good um, of this. That being said, uh, I, I don't really see the point in doing this publicly. It reminds me of the Diane Feinstein meeting. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. That's one thing I wanted to talk about too, because I have mixed feelings about these on-air negotiations. Um, the one with Dianne Feinstein, recall, that was where Trump spoke to, to Senate Republicans and Democrats about gun control issues and said, you guys going to work with Dianne on this? You're going to work with Dianne on her assault weapons ban? Uh. And they're like, no, absolutely not. And then he also said, that was the same meeting where he said, I like take the guns first, due process second. Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah, that epic gaffe. Maybe his worst gaffe of all time. I don't know. Do we need to see the sausage getting made? On the other hand, well, it does show people that are that have tons of faith in the government how incompetent they really are. And I think mm. that, that might be a good thing that might empower the individual yeah. or a bad thing. It and, might erode trust in the government and lead to anarchy. I don't know. I don't know. And as I said, I did appreciate that intentionally or otherwise, this exposed a reluctance on the part of Schumer and Pelosi to discuss their position openly in front of the press to defend it openly. Instead, as you saw, they kept reverting to, let's talk about this behind closed doors. Well, why? If you're why? so confident in your position, it should be pretty easy to explain. Right. In a, and in he a called this press like conference, this. right? I believe so. Yeah. I think so. I think he invited them, but don't quote me on it. And they agreed to it. So that leads me to believe that in the moment, they kind of got in too deep and yeah. didn't want to reveal what their actual positions were. I think this was really bad for them. And then Chuck yeah. Schumer seems so smug and arrogant and hunched over. And he just had, he's just so punchable. I mean, the, the fact that Trump didn't attack him then and there. <laughs> I do also, I wanted to point out that um, I like how Trump has these underhanded ways of emasculating other, other men in government. How so? Like what he uses mean? his uh, first name and um, mm. in, in like a really kind of blase way and then he'll interrupt them which i think is good uh he'll stick up his finger things like that he's got some good body language ways of asserting his dominance which is why we voted for him who's the chick who's getting all kinds of play on her body language analysis videos i've heard about this but i've never watched she did an analysis on this that i haven't watched but it might be good to check out if people are interested in that sort of thing i wish i could remember her name so i could give her a proper shout out but people probably know who i'm talking about nancy Um, nancy excuse me and i will say this yeah i will say this too about um just about who looks to have the more coherent solution. You could agree with Trump's solution of the wall or not, but it seems to me that you have Trump in there saying, listen, I see the problem. Here's my proposal. I want to make it happen, and I'm not going to budge much on that. Democrats are just kind of saying no. What was the solution they offered? Like they were willing to concede throughout the meeting. Yeah, illegal immigration is kind of an issue and border security is kind of important, but there wasn't a concrete plan. It was just let's continue the status quo. In fact, they said explicitly, we have a continuing resolution status quo and same in terms of funding the same border security efforts which as you know as much as i respect our border security agents on the border doing that hard work it's obviously not adequate that's not a status quo that we can maintain we have to change something to the extent the problem is very real exactly and it hasn't been fixed for a long time uh yeah people aren't going to support that especially after we've seen people try to flood literally flood the border this is what i don't understand about the left it's like they act like the the wall is so inhumane but it, it would act as a deterrent rather than border agents having to be so proactive in preventing sure. people from getting yeah. I mean, there's going to be some some contact, some physical contact. And if people try to flood the wall again or the border again, then there yeah. could be serious consequences and loss of life, whereas the wall just acts as a deterrent. It's like, don't you people want to prevent this kind of conflict? I guess not. No, they just want those people to walk over the border uh, free and clear. That's oh, what yeah. they want. I want them to say that, though. Some of them do. That. I don't know if Chuck yeah. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi will, but their activists will. It's time for them to admit that they have an open borders agenda only for America. Hmm. 
if uh, that, that's all I have to say on this whole meeting, we'll have to see how it turns out. The political strategy turns out. We'll find out, you know, maybe this week, but certainly on Saturday if the shutdown happens or not. Before we take a super chat break in the uh, topic of, you know, D.C. politics and stuff, I do have some Supreme Court stuff if you're comfortable moving it on quickly before we take a break. Sure. We heard all summer and fall about how Brett Kavanaugh was a right wing ideologue and a zealot and he was going to undo all the progress that our country has made with one quick, you know, swipe of his pen. He was going to just erase our entire history of social justice and all, and all this specifically on abortion, right? He was going to undo Roe versus Wade and he was going to jail all those women who are just trying to get their healthcare services at Planned Parenthood, you know, anyway, the interesting development this week on, um, on Monday, I believe it was, or early in the week, the Supreme Court had the opportunity to um, review appeals from the states of Louisiana and Kansas claiming Planned Parenthood should not receive any public funding at all. Recall that technically uh, uh, federal funding for abortion procedures is already illegal, but Planned Parenthood, the leading abortion provider, still receives lots of federal funding for, you know, women's health care, whatever, all those services. As a technical matter, one is not supposed to pay for the specific service. As a practical matter, lots of public money goes into an organization yeah. that is doing a lot of abortions. In fact, the most abortions in the country. Uh, so the states of uh, Louisiana and Kansas were trying to stop that, saying no public funding for the organization at all. And uh, this, they did this after a series of videos uh, surfaced reportedly showing a group, uh, Planned Parenthood, that is, engaging in illegal sales of fetal tissue for medical research. Oh there, were, uh, there were never charges filed um, pursuant to these videos, though. So it's unclear, I guess, legally what, what exactly was going on. Anyway, on whether or not to hear these cases, six members of the Supreme Court voted to deny the petitions without any commentary offered. Roberts and Kavanaugh joined the so-called left wing of the court, Sotomayor, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Kagan. In dissent, Clarence Thomas, joined by Alito and Gorsuch, wrote, quote, These cases are not about abortion rights. They are about private rights of action under the Medicaid Act. Uh, some tenuous connection to a politically fraught issue does not justify abdicating our judicial duty. I look forward to reading the conspiracy theories that explain why Kavanaugh didn't jump at the opportunity to erode abortion right. rights immediately. I'm sure there's some sort of ex explanation that they have. Well, we always knew that fundamentally he was a centrist. Um, so I'm not super surprised by this, but I did hold out hope that his experience, you know, if that had happened to me and I was a white male, I, it would just turn me into like a straight up fascist. That I'd he do, needs I'm, to I'm go after abortion for purely spiteful reasons. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, but it just goes to show that that they were going to do that. They were going to slander him no matter who he was. Yeah. Uh, another and this is loosely related to Kavanaugh, only tangentially. So I don't want to give a false impression. But another interesting legal development this week is um, is what's going on in Texas, where a federal judge struck down all of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare this week on the grounds that the so-called individual mandate, the idea that you are legally required to buy health insurance or face a penalty or a tax, depending on who you ask. Um, that of course has already been repealed, but this judge ruled that because that is unconstitutional that, um, and if that is constitutional, the rest of the law cannot stand without it. It seems highly unlikely this decision would stand at the Supreme court level. Uh, the court has already upheld the law, of course, as constitutional in a five to four decision written by Justice Roberts. 
This, I believe, was in 2012. Uh, we've had some turnover on the court since then, of course. But recall, interestingly, that Kavanaugh wrote a 2011 circuit court dissent on Obamacare, which qualified the individual mandate as a tax and not a penalty. Now, this was not a pro-Obamacare decision from or uh, opinion from Kavanaugh necessarily, but it did sort of set the precedent for the reasoning right. that led to John Roberts declaring it constitutional. So presumably, if this were to re- reach the Supreme Court level and Kavanaugh were to stay consistent and side with, you know, who he, someone he seems much more aligned with in John Roberts, as opposed to, say, Gorsuch or Alito or Thomas, you're probably going to get the same results. That's speculation, not, not for sure. But if you're a betting person, you would bet that if Kavanaugh is making that decision today, he's going to uphold the constitutionality of Obamacare. And so what we're left with <laughs> is the idea that the left's, you know, boogeyman rapist from the summer and the fall, he's in one case uh, explicitly siding with the left's agenda, that, or at least making the decision they want them to. And in an, another case, probably would go that way if it if it gets if it gets to that level um and that's why i think this was a mistake trump had to know that they were going to slander whoever they put in so we might as well have just gotten in the the furthest right constitutionalist he possibly could conjure hmm. well and that's the irony is two big tests well one big test and one sort of implied test that we might get but one big test for sure and they and, and he sides with them the way that that uh they would want him to decide they still freaked out and tried to ruin this guy's life. They still treated him as though he was some type of, you know, Satan McHitler or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it. And uh, I, I just think we need to think about these things retroactively. So yeah. remember, not only not only is there not any evidence for Christine Blasey Ford's case, who she reemerged this week to give some courage award oh, to God, somebody or some such nonsense. Not only that, but the boogeyman they were creating legally, because remember, that's how the case started. It was, oh, he's going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and that wasn't persuasive enough to get the vote. So we kind of went down the uh, the staircase of smears used against him. It wasn't bad enough to say, bad judge who's going to ruin the country. Now we have to say, uh, attempted rapist from 30 years ago. So just keep in mind, as the, as the elements of this case keep falling apart, and remember that a man's life was you know, attempted to be ruined over all of these things. Yeah, this is why he shouldn't put in Amy Barrett, because then we're going to have, what, a woman and some centrists. His his lasting legacy was supposed to be the Supreme Court because he's screwing everything else up. And it's gonna, what are we going to do here? Well, I still think Kavanaugh is probably an improvement over um, Kennedy. I was not a Kennedy fan, though not much. Not, but come not on, much. we could have done better than this. Probably. But, you know, especially if Trump gets one more pick, I still think you can put the Supreme Court in a win tally as opposed to, you know, broken promise or something like that. Yeah, fine. No women. Hey, I'll take Barrett over Ginsburg any day. <sighs> fine. I mean, fine. That's that's true. But I'd pre- I would have preferred Barrett to Kavanaugh. But, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, she was super pro-life. She's just she has an originalist perspective. And I think as my view of the Constitution has sort of clarified in my own head over time, that's the perspective that makes the most sense to me. We have to pay attention to what the meaning of the text meant to the people who wrote it at the time. You can't just interpret your own meaning into the document. Otherwise it is meaningless. So the originalist philosophy is, um, is uh, persuasive to me. I think it's the correct philosophy. Anyway, before we get to the Google hearing, we're an hour in, so we should probably take a quick break or not so quick break. Who knows? We, we got have a couple had over some in Streamlabs. Super generous donations tonight. Um, 
One from Dakota Stanton. Hey, guys, have a good stream. Can't listen today. Well, we hope you listen tomorrow, Dakota, and thank you for the donation. Chase Elliott, I'd be proud of Trump to shut down the government for border security. No ultimatums. Just need to start building that wall. It needs to keep uh, getting 10 feet higher every time they disagree. I'm with you. Uh, Dotard Blormf says, oh, blonde, you are Doddard. stunning. Oh, Dotard. Why do I keep saying Dotard? I think that's what we called it when uh, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un oh, yeah. uh, called Trump a Dotard because I said, I like Dotard better. Dotard is, is better. Dotard, um, yeah. But, you, you know, I we're going to get epitomed if we say I know we will. dotard. I thought that people were going to make fun of my hair more than they have. Hmm. Um, you can't stop the scout. Trump did the right thing by going public with the debate, and he made both of them look weak. That's true. No one owns a spotlight better than the God Emperor Trump. Greetings from California. You degenerates. That's rich <laughs> coming from a Californian. Thanks for tuning in. Big donation from D. White S. Says, that says Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Well, we thanks. really appreciate your generosity. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Uh, Jim says, um, earned a fair bit of money this week from covering shifts at work. So I thought I would finally give the show some shekels. Thank you both so much for being an ocean of sanity in a world gone mad. Thank well, Jim. thank you. A giant donation from John Martin. Holy smokes. Jeez. Big donation. Thank I'll you, John. I'll take your word for it. I'm not looking at it. But oh judging gosh. by the look on your face, it must be. Yeah. It's yeah it must be. Pretty sizable. I <laughs> uh, gave a nice donation to Brittany Pettibone to thank her for the virtue of the West podcast that introduced me to Blonde and thus this podcast. Oh, cool. It's been a Yeah, we'll have to have Brittany back. Of course. Love the show. Merry Christmas. Looking forward to more insightful commentary from you guys in the new year. Thank you, John. You guys are keeping the show alive, especially during Seriously. this, this yeah. weird in-between thing with Patreon. Thank you so much. Um, Yoko Halo List. Love Matt's video on Chad with AIDS. I actually haven't seen hmm. it. I'm an LGBT fan of yours that knows exactly what he was speaking to. I don't get along with my liberal family anymore, sadly. Thanks for what you do, you too. And sure. thank you for watching. Um, you know, I often say that you know, if I was in any of these groups that I would just want to be spoken to and treated normally. <laughs> I mean, they kind of, they try to claim your womanhood all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, you, you sort of get that. As a straight white male, I, I get demonized no matter what. But uh, but yeah, appreciate it. I, uh, Chad with AIDS, Chad Felix Crane. Um, yeah, I've admired him on, on Crowder. I've enjoyed listening to him. So I thought that article was actually really well done. And uh, I, I'd like to talk to him at some point, too. I don't know if he'd have interest in coming on. But, uh, but yeah, he's cool. For that. Um, Jack Howard, in that picture, Matt, you're the uh, angel Gabriel announcing to the Virgin Mary portrayed uh, by Blonde, and she's pregnant with Jesus. Ah. There we go. There we go. So forgive my religious ignorance. Penguinator. But, uh, I, I don't try to pretend otherwise. Thank you for clarifying. Um, R2 Blonde and Matt 3PO search for Obi Don Kenobi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to find him. He uh, is the droid I'm looking for. Or, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's kind of reverse. But anyway, you get the point. Semper Ad Meliora. It's official. The game is no longer six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's now six degrees of Sargon. I know it used to be six yeah. degrees of Richard Spencer, uh, but now apparently Sargon is the boogeyman. Um, yeah, Robert he's going to get punched to start 2018, yeah, 2019, yeah. I mean. Sargon's going to get punched by some rando. Jeez. Uh, Robert Atkinson, you both being children of the 80s, have either the two of you seen Cobra Kai? It's the series sequel to Karate Kid movies. It's on YouTube for Google. It's surprisingly tame when it comes to SJW shit. I, I have not. I have You're not. You're 87. But yeah. We're both yeah. 87. Uh, 87. We're both 87. Um, Cobra Kai was the nickname for the Vikings kicker Kai Forbath. So I assume that was a reference to something, but that's all I know about it. Unfortunately. 
uh, Squall Leonhart says, thank you both so much for your content. Living in Portland, Oregon is a social justice warrior fueled struggle. You make it easier with the support Sargon has given you recently, Matt. I'm sure your hit piece is coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I messaged Sargon this week and I just wanted to thank him. In addition to seeing if maybe he wants to come on the show, which we'd love to have him. Uh, but I, I did want to thank him. Just He said a lot of really nice things about, about me personally that I, I very much appreciated. And he didn't have to. He went out of his way to to really praise yeah. my channel and my stuff, and so, um, so yeah, I very much appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope he and I get a chance to speak sometime soon. And I would, by the way, reciprocate a lot of those things. Uh, I don't. He's he's on the short list of people that were m most influential to me when I was, you know, but a tiny little YouTuber being harassed by Daryl Lamont Jenkins. You heard it so here. Matt's into reciprocating favors for Sargon. <laughs> that's that's yeah, um, exactly. Super gay. Viral Journey says, Winding will only do so much for so long. Content creators need a member of the American nomenclatura. Nomenclature? A, no, it's, I mean, it's a, he spelled it nomenclatura. So I assume hmm. that it's some sort of, will you Google it? I um, don't even know what it is, but let's. American, not, it's spelled like um, nomenclature. It's except it's K-L-U-T. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To shield this them. is a uh, it's it's a category of people within the Soviet Union and other Eastern Bloc countries who held various key administrative positions in the bureaucracy, wow. running all spheres of those countries' activity. Okay, so yeah, the the people like people pulling strings behind the scene. I think the idea here is that like the the culture is so dominated by these authoritarian leftists that we need to start figuring out ways to take over a lot of those institutions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A uh, big donation from Luke Becker. Did you hear that Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson are working on an alternative for mm -hmm. Patreon after what happened with Sargon and what is happening to subscribers? Yes, sir. And you must have sent this before we talked about it. I'm sorry. My apologies, Luke. Looking forward to it. I, and I'm, you know, again, thanks to those guys for doing something about this. Boogeyman917, great job to Steven on that song. Thanks to Matt and Blonde on the great job as always. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Much Dakota Stanton, if Trump can't block people on Twitter, if he's on Gab, it can't go away either. Uh, hmm. Yeah, there was that ruling. Can't block. Is that Twitter. binding though? That ruling always struck me as know. sort of nonsensical. But I thought uh, it was going to set precedent, but it didn't. So I don't know what the status of it is. I don't know. Uh, let's just do a few more right now. Um, Alex Fissy says, "Female Hispanic white supremacist here discovered you guys hmm. early this year, and I'm loving the content, collective and individual. A must watch for me. Keep great work. Thank well, you, Alex. Another from Luke Becker." In brackets, ask question that you already addressed. Ah. Ah. Must be referring to the earlier super chat. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, just two more right now. AZ Archer. Good evening, bitches. Matt and I once made love. Something butt stuff. Something gross. Punchline. <laughs> Hope you <laughs> no, put that's... those coupons to good use as always. Keep it classy. Come on. I know AZ Archer has better better uh better punchlines than oh that. god i hope that means this is played out um yeah. last one for right now not important the payment processing issue is far worse than most realize pci compliance is difficult but the credit card association is the bottleneck you could own mm -hmm. your own bank and still be denied uh yeah this is going to be a, at, an at that, that point at that point you're dealing with uh if not a monopoly basically a cartel-like situation where you have so few competitors that have organized or colluded to control a market in a certain way at that point I mean, there there is a point at which I'm finally willing to say uncle and consider the possibility of things like government intervention. I, I'm yeah. not going to maintain principles to a suicidal extent. Um, and I, I worry that maybe we're getting to that point. It's like if, if PayPal or these other financial processors control as a practical matter all the financial <sighs> processing, 
and you can't create a, a competitor, what, what are you supposed to do? It's kind of interesting. Like you can't, as far as I understand federal law, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but banks can't discriminate against you if you walk in, you know, uh, and you want to start an account or engage in a financial transaction, regardless of your political ideology. Now, I'm not commenting on whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing from a legal perspective. I'm just saying that's my understanding that that's the legal status quo. Why would PayPal be any different? I don't right. understand why PayPal gets uh, is not uh, subject to that sort of thing. Um, all right, let's circle back for the remainder. Sure. Let me catch up on Streamlabs really quickly because we got some people over there as well. Um, let's see. So cold. Aaron says, thanks, Matt, for your latest video on conservative gays. As a non-leftist gay, I never expected a few years ago to feel more commonality with heteros. <laughs> Us heteros who'd like to bring some traditional values Dirty back to the breeders. community. Yeah. Who uh, professes to be all about my rights. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed the video. And uh, and I, I hope that, um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be co-opted in the same way you were describing earlier. Exactly. Like, it doesn't matter if you're gay, you're an individual. And these people can't just claim to represent you on account of that. Slosher says, first time using Streamlabs, is this working? Confirmed that it did. Uh, so thank you for that. Walsey says, uh, regarding PewDiePie, since Salon has published articles by a person advocating his attraction to children, does this make all of its employees uh, pedera- pederasts, pederists, pedophiles, pederasts, whatever you want to call it? Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to ask these social justice warrior people. I, uh, presumably under their reasoning, yes, but they don't apply their reasoning or their principles consistently. It only matters what your political persuasion is. Uh, Socrates Johnson says, love the show and blonde's hair looks great tonight. Well, there you go. All right. Grant says, speaking of the YouTube rewind 2018, did you get my video adding you guys into a clip from the rewind? Um, I did not, but I see you put a link there. I can't click the link directly from Streamlabs. Send it to my, uh, my inbox. Um, Tim squirrel and sleeping giants, a verified Twitter account are organizing targeted harassment campaigns on Twitter. It does seem that they are, but send me the link to my email inbox. I'm happy to check out your, um, your edit. Phil says, uh, just build your own social media, payment processor, internet provider, currency, and bank. Then you can have free speech. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but seriously, I expected the mark of the beast to be government imposed, not uh, by tech, by technocrat fiat. Yeah. Fair point. Redicus says, all the hit pieces remind me of Moa's uh, cultural, or Moa. It's because of the, it's the way it was written. Mao's cultural revolution that, uh, that was flogging wrong thinkers. Also, I find the argument of treating payment processors as a utility more than uh, more and more appealing. It's like saying to them, um, no N-words allowed. Yeah, I mean, I, my preference will always be competition in the market, but we have to be realistic about when you have a cartel-like situation forming, collusion on the part of competitors to uphold either, you know, it could be anything from artificially inflating prices to stamping out competitors to make sure that a certain ideology is upheld in this case. Yeah. So we have to be realistic about that. Uh, HK 47 says, Oh no, a government shutdown. What will I do without the government wasting my tax dollars? My life will have no meaning. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you will carry on. Speaking of the government and Congress, Sundar ah, Pichai, good, good. Google CEO Sundar Pichai shows up uh, at Capitol Hill this week, and he was answering questions about uh, all sorts of accusations against Google. So there's all sorts of controversies, including their uh, data collection practices, their supposed, uh, well, I shouldn't say supposed, in my opinion, their observed political bias, and uh, Google's possible plans to provide a censored search engine for China. 
And uh, I don't know how much of this hearing you watched. I did not watch all of it, but based on what I saw, the content of the hearing to me was mostly unremarkable. It was members of Congress demonstrating they have no idea what Google is or how the internet works. <laughs> We've been here before. Yeah. And then you had Sundar Pichai denying anything wrong ever done by Google. I, I, I don't know. I have no knowledge of that. It's not going on. Right. Don't worry about it. But there were a few things to note about the meeting, including uh, the sighting of a wild Alex Jones pursuing Sundar Pichai going into this congressional hearing. Alex Jones showed up and um, enchanted Google is evil chasing after Sundar Pichai. Google is evil. 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 Google is siding with the communist Chinese against America. Google's helping arrest Chinese dissidents, Christians and Buddhists. Google is evil. Google is going to lie again and violate the law and violate all right, the others. You're in a hallway, in a public hallway. You can be arrested. That's enough. Make too much noise. So Google's not evil, officer? <laughs> I'm not saying that. Just control yourself. Okay. Get under control now. I'm under control, officer. Thank you. I just was taking my free speech away and lied about me, so I need to stand up to him. I'm not worried about that right now. And if they're going right to talk about me in this committee, they're going to talk about me in this committee. I will be talked about. So what am I supposed to do? I don't get a day in court. They lie about me. Google only puts lies up. All the top searches are lies about me and my family. And that guy helps round up political dissidents. And then his people come to lie to Congress over and over and over again. And we don't get to respond to them. So Google is helping build censorship systems in China for a global social score they've tested there to totally control every aspect of our lives. Damn right. straight, Alex Jones. <laughs> Pichai did uh, not respond to any of Jones's comments uh, during the hearing. Pichai denied that Google is talking to the Chinese government about this su supposed censored search engine project. This despite the Intercept's September report on a Google memo revealing a plan to track search users in China. So uh, who do you believe? Alex Jones, Sundar Pichai, maybe something in between. I don't Alex know. Alex Jones, for sure. But Alex Jones is... Uh, Whatever's going on, the efforts to deplatform him have not really stopped much, as far as I can tell. He's still yeah. out there. He's still doing Alex Jones things. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll have to see. He hasn't died yet or anything like that. Notably, about the another notable thing about the meeting itself, there's this guy, I guess he's a repeating or recurring activist or troll. Yeah, who, I actually uh, had to look and see if this was real. I saw it on Gab and I was like, yeah, this guy shows up as the Monopoly man and he sits right behind Sundar Pichai and he's done this before and he also did kind of several variations of the Monopoly man. This is what it looked like. As soon as Pichai took his seat, the Monopoly man <laughs> settled in right behind him. It's actually an activist named Ian Madrigal who also appeared at a 2017 hearing on the Equifax data breach and at Mark Zuckerberg's Senate hearing in April, that time dressed as a Russian troll. The Monopoly man put on quite a show over the course of today's three-hour hearing, adding a monocle to the costume at one point, holding up a bag stuffed with fake money, and at one point he upgraded the mustache to a supersized mustache, and then the old four mustaches at the same time gag. I like the four mustaches bit. That was pretty funny. I, don't I like actually the extra-large mustache. I don't know what his bit is or what his activism is. I didn't have time to look into it. But it I mean, seems this like is he... a commentary on their greed, presumably. That's I suppose, yeah. But it uh, seems like he's doing that. He was so funny. Why was he a Russian troll for Mark Zuckerberg? Does he buy into the like Russian hacking bit, or is no, he making fun them. of that? Or yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, I love this IRL trolling. More of this. This is what we need. Yeah, and it's it, it was non-disruptive too. He's not going in there and like ruining anyone's platform or anything right, like right. that. He's just having a little fun. So and I bet him. he he just like has his costume in a in a man purse or something. Is that how he pulls this off? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one of the more bizarre exchanges was between uh, Sundar Pichai and Representative Steve Cohen from Tennessee. I believe. Oh, it's because we're so stupid. It's, be- it's because Google's a monopoly. Okay. Oh, well, then it's more clever than I realized. Wow. We're so dumb. I guess. But but the thing is, he's done the Monopoly Man bit for other people. He did it for the Equifax thing, right? Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, he did it previously. He's done the Monopoly Man bit for other companies, although that doesn't mean it's not that. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying he needs to be more specific. So I understand. Lots of wow guys in the chat. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Steve Cohen, the Steve Cohen character, I think he's from Tennessee. Anyway, he's the Congressman in my mind, most famous for saying Peter Strzok deserves a purple heart. That's the only time I've ever heard of this guy before. If you recall that clip, he, uh, he's, he says to Sundar Pichai, Hey man, I was Googling my name and all that pops up is Breitbart and the daily caller. You need to fix the, promotion of conservative media over there at uh, at Google. That's clearly the problem, yes. Check out this exchange. Like I put my name in here, Rep. Steve Cohen, I punch news. This weekend I was on MSNBC four times, and yet the first thing that comes up is the Daily Caller, not exactly a liberal, but I guess well-known group. Then Roll Call, then Breitbart News, then the Memphis Business Journal, then Breitbart News, then Breitbart. So it looks like you are overly using conservative news organizations on your news. And I'd like you to look into the overuse of conservative news organizations to put on liberal people's news on Google. Okay. And if you'd let me know about that, I appreciate it. People are just laughing. You know, we do get concerns across both sides of the aisle. Uh, you know, I can, I can assure you we do this in a neutral way. And we do this based on that specific keyword what we are able to assess as the most relevant information. and I'm sure you try to, but it's hard for me to fathom being on MSNBC for like eight minutes each show, four times, and there's, there's more content on Breitbart News than MSNBC. That might say something about, well, I'm not going to say that. Scary. Thank you, sir. Well, it's hard for me to fathom that anyone is Googling either Congressman Steve Cohen or <laughs> MSNBC. Those yeah, are Google really. ghost towns, I presume. But... He's like, um, oh, I've done, I paid so much lip service to the left. Why, why are all these right-wing sites coming up? That's absurd. I wanted to see what he was talking about. Now, granted, I didn't Google him on the exact same day. I Googled him today, and this was earlier in the week. But I, I just wanted to see what was going on and if I got the same results. I Googled him, and under news, I, I looked at the news result. And I got an NPR article talking about him pursuing Trump impeachment, which seems like right up his alley in terms of what he would want promoted. Yeah. So. Maybe it was just a bad day for Steve Cohen, but it strikes me as he strikes me as the type of unremarkable congressman who's only in the news for saying absurd things that are covered by right wing media. Now, of course, that accusation could work both ways. You could say that. And this is sort of what Ted Lieu speaks to, which we'll say in a minute, which we'll we'll discuss in a minute, that if you basically don't do anything worth talking about, but your outrageousness, you shouldn't be surprised that your outrageousness shows up. Right. In in. um in Google search results, and of course it can be both. It can be a little bit of both. There can be some bias, some algorithm manipulation, if you believe in that sort of thing. And also you can be a jackass who shows up as a jackass in search results. Both of those yeah. things could be true. But Ted Lieu, 
I want to give as much context to this exchange as possible. Congressman Ted Lieu, who's famous for hot anti-Trump takes on Twitter. He said that, as we talked about at the top of the show, he wishes he could regulate the content of speech, but the First Amendment prevents him. This clip has been making the rounds all over, and there's been accusations that it was taken out of context, that you that certain portions of the clip were edited to make it look as bad as possible. I want to give as much context to this as possible because I don't see any context in which this is a good thing to say for a congressman. But to give you an idea of what's going on here, Ted Lieu at this hearing with Sundar Pichai said that Google doesn't favor any politics in its search results. And to demonstrate this, he showed Steve King. He Googled Steve King, the Iowa congressman who's you know under a lot of controversy all the time for being a white supremacist or whatever yeah. they say about him. Showed negative results for Steve King when he Googled him, then Googled Steve Scalise, the congressman shot at the baseball shooting last spring. And he said, or, or was that spring 2017? Yeah, God, that was, was that two years ago now? It's hard for me to remember. 2017, I think. Anyway, he, he said uh, that, that Scalise got positive results. So he's saying the, the search results aren't the result of manipulation. They're the results of doing good or bad things. And then on CNN, a reporter asks him if he missed a chance to press Google about the spread of conspiracy theories and fake news. That's when Lou responds saying, listen, I would love to regulate the content of speech, but we got that pesky First Amendment. Here's as much context to his quote as I can provide. Let me just conclude here by stating the obvious. If you want positive search results, do positive things. If you don't want negative search results, don't do negative things. You took an opportunity to push back on Republican claims of bias in Google searches. You Googled Republican Steve Scalise. You Googled after that Republican Steve King to show that there were favorable stories, including from conservative outlets about Scalise, negative coverage of King. And you made the point, essentially, that's not because of a Google algorithm. It's because of what these members do and say. Have you thought that maybe you and other Democrats have missed opportunities to use your time Time to press Google CEO at a time when these large tech companies are struggling to manage content, perpetuating conspiracy theories. They're so vulnerable to outside interference. Isn't that a focus that could have been a missed opportunity? It's a very good point you make. I would love if I could have more than five minutes uh, to question witnesses. Unfortunately, I don't get that opportunity. Uh, however, I would love to be able to regulate the content of speech. The First Amendment prevents me from doing so. Hmm. And that's simply a ah. function of the First Amendment. But I think over the long run, it's better that government does not regulate the content of speech. I would urge these private sector companies to regulate it better themselves. But it's really nothing that I believe government can do. And censor? so that's been my position yeah. all along. Now, in fairness to him, he does walk it back and he does say, I don't believe the government ought to be doing this necessarily, but it raises but the question. But then he to says me, the private companies should be able to should be regulating more more strictly. He just means censoring. Yeah, there's that angle, which is like, well, I don't want the government to do it, but I would love private companies to engage in this type of content discrimination. And then secondly, if you don't want the government to engage in it, then why would you love to do it as a government official? Right. I, I, you got competing premises. Wow, there. he delivered that with such confidence too. Yeah. It, in general, regardless of your take on the context and what he means, because I think there's some competing interpretations, in general, I don't want anyone in the federal government in particular, but anyone with any political power, saying, I would love to regulate the content of speech. And, I, and, and it's 
I, I don't take solace in him saying, well, the pesky First Amendment is an obstacle. I don't want anyone in Congress who views the First Amendment as an obstacle. It should be viewed as the pillar of our society, not an yeah, exactly. obstacle. Exactly. It, it should be a cultural value, too. I mean, if yeah. people are engaging in self-censorship because these people have taken over the culture um, or private organizations are engaging in censorship on such a wide scale, then how is that really any different from a societal perspective yeah. than the government regulating speech? It's the same outcome. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't see a rosy interpretation. I don't think it's oh unfair God. to Ted Lou. I think this merits a lot of scrutiny. And I think it was a, a moment of honesty. The other thing I'd like to, to ask too is, you know, maybe I'll give a little bit of credit for at least being honest on what you would and would not like to do. But where, where's this reasoning when it comes to the Second Amendment, for example? Listen, I would love to regulate firearms, but the pesky but, Second yeah. Amendment stops me. Doesn't stop him in California or any of his friends. Yep. Uh, what about the rest of the Bill of Rights? What about the rest of the Constitution where you seem to find exceptions and, um, you know, your own fancy interpretations all the time? Uh, I'm glad he's stopping with the First Amendment, but I would like to see that reasoning extend a little further. Yeah. Hmm. Any more commentary on the Google hearing? Otherwise, we can move on to Google's subsidiary, YouTube demonstrating why Google and YouTube have no connection to their own audience or ability to understand why their product is successful. Uh, because you already did the transition. Let's just go for it. Okay. If you had more thoughts, go for it. But, no, I mean, I don't know why they're continuing to do these hearings. Nothing's going to happen. And then Google just acts like the hearings don't happen. They it, just you're ignore not them. Yeah. It gets buried by the media. And then it's like, well, what strides remain here? And all you have to say to get out of any substantive question is I don't recall or I'm not aware. And and that's basically what happens. You don't really get any new revelations coming out of these things. Are we going to hold these people accountable or not? Because it's looking like not. Uh, who? Who accountable? The, the tech CEOs? Yeah. Well, accountable is, is the allegation that they're breaking the law or accountable to what? Yeah, I think they're they're breaking the law. They're engaging in censorship. But these are American companies. They have to abide by constitutional values. Are we going to deal with this from a legal perspective? Or are we going to continue to do these hearings that everybody, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Uh, well, they I don't get covered by the media. The, the hearings would be more useful if there was in fact a charge, if there was in fact like a, here's a thing that you're doing wrong and it needs to be fixed. Or there was some legal framework to work in. This is just like, I don't think it's due to a lack of evidence. I think they just have too hmm. much power and they have the support of the, all the leftists in government. Unless you ask, um, Steve Cohen, who is irate about his treatment by the Google algorithms. But one thing about YouTube in particular, it's really any company. I get so annoyed and baffled when any product that is successful doesn't really get why it's successful. Like they're oblivious to their own success. And YouTube is a poster child for that. I know sort of uh, product management and company. And the YouTube rewind uh, video is a classic example of this. We referenced it last week a little bit, but if you're not aware, uh, YouTube does a rewind video each and every year. It's like a recap of all the biggest moments on YouTube. Like if you had to recap YouTube for the year in 10 minutes, what would you put in there? And after a week of suspense, YouTube's 2018 rewind is now the most disliked video in the history of the platform with over 12 million dislikes compared to like 2 million upvotes. Damn. Easily overtaking Justin Bieber's baby music video, the previous record holder. And even Justin Bieber's baby music video has like a 50-50 like to dislike ratio. 
the um, the YouTube rewinds ratio is much, much worse. So I got a little bit of the video to play here. The video features nonsense like Fortnite, Casey Neistat dancing to K-pop, and of course, praise to the social justice gods. So keep in mind, what we're supposed to be observing here is a recap of the year of YouTube. Instead, what we're getting is like celebrity cameos, mainstream news nonsense like the royal wedding, and like praise to the social justice gods as though this somehow represents YouTube in any meaningful way. Here's YouTube's, a portion of YouTube's Rewind 2018. Yeah, it's Rewind time. You know, if I control Rewind, I would want Fortnite and Marquez Brownlee. Is this what you wanted? So guys, apparently we control Rewind this year. Y'all, we can do whatever we want. There's one thing this video needs. K-pop! Oh, the royal wedding. Rewind needs more science. Could we do an experiment? Love that. Melting lipsticks. I think this year's Rewind should celebrate the fierce, fabulous, and empowering art of drag. Uh, I want to see all uh, of you be your own kind of beautiful. Here's to all women in 2018 finding their voices. So Even you, Blonde, finding your voice on yeah. YouTube. I'm pretty sure Except they mean to you, celebrate blonde. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see how women grew and were empowered. Okay. Can we give a moment to working moms? I think we should read the comments. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't either. I know Casey Neistat because of his foot face. Yeah, I have yeah. a feeling That's this it. is about to get a little bit crazy. Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> you serious? That's kind of my reaction to that whole thing. But yeah, uh, keep in mind what was not present in that presentation. Uh, PewDiePie. PewDiePie, the, I don't know if he's technically the largest. Is he the largest YouTuber? If not, he's, he's, he's up there. He's rivaling with some other channel. Yeah, T-Series. Yeah. Uh, KSI versus Logan Paul boxing. I didn't pay much attention to that, but that was a big deal that people were pissed was not in there. Um, and, and I love the irony too. Let's read the comments and give the people what they want. All this stuff. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? What is this bizarre costume fashion show thing? Why are you praising single moms? Uh, what, I know. What is this? I'm a YouTuber and I did not know what the hell they were talking about, nor did I know who any of those people were. Yeah. Except for Sophia Nygaard or whatever, and Casey Footface, whatever the fuck. <laughs> to give you some perspective, PewDiePie's review of the video has almost as many likes as the video itself, <laughs> meaning the platform's largest or close yeah. to largest creator is as big as the platform itself, but they snub him to opt for celebrity and social justice bullshit instead, as though that represents YouTube. And YouTube, will, for it seems, is intent on maintaining this identity crisis where it's like, the appeal of YouTube, why people like it is to come to shows like this, people sitting in their homes talking about 
the issues of the day or, or whatever. Could be yeah. makeup, could be sports. But the idea is that you're basically having a real-life conversation with your with your neighbor or your friends, and it's very informal. And it's kind of rough around the edges. That's YouTube. Instead, they realize, oh, crap, if we leave it up to freedom, then the Nazis get all the power. So we have to inject our preferences into the rewind itself. You can't even let... Yeah let what was big on your own platform be featured organically. It has to be yeah. engineered. Well, the defining it, characteristics of these tech firms is they uh, don't actually want to allow market forces to dictate yeah. people's behavior choices. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say too is Justin Bieber, if you're listening, as I know you are want to do each <laughs> and every week, Justin Bieber's missing a huge opportunity. He needs to immediately make a video congratulating YouTube sarcastically on their achievement for overtaking yeah. him as the most disliked video. He could join the meme immediately. He needs to do that. It would be a legendary move for him to give YouTube an underhanded congratulations for their achievement. He's probably too busy banging his hot Baldwin wife. Who's that? I don't even know who his uh, girlfriend... He's married now? That's He's married to Haley Baldwin, who I believe this. is the daughter of... It's not Alec. Maybe oh, it's Stephen? One of the, it says Stephen Baldwin, Baldwin is the father. Is he the like conservative religious Baldwin? Is that him? I think? I don't know. I confuse them all. Dang. Not bad. Good for him. Uh, anyway. In the interest of time, since, wow, time's already escaping us, can move on to this Columbia student controversy. What, did it, what an insane story this is. Oh, my is. God, I know. Should we do a super chat break or should we wait? Um, we could do, you want to do a brief one? Maybe just, like, get through a few of them? Yeah, sure. Let's get through, like, ten or so. Uh, big donation from Hassan Chop. Russian bot here wishing you Merry Christmas. Keep up the great work, Blonde and Matt. Thank you, well, sir. thanks. Merry Christmas. Liberative. It's not Patreon or Subscribestar that are the problem. It's PayPal and Stripe. That's true. The processors. Hmm. There needs to be open and unbiased banking that will mean opening a channel to fund even the people everyone hates for legitimate reasons. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people care so much about uh, funding people that they disagree with. You just disagree with them. Oh, my it's, God. Who cares? And it seems to me that that infrastructure is, I don't know how you would set it up, but it's got to be way more difficult to set up that type of infrastructure to rival PayPal right. or Stripe or whoever than it is to set up like a Patreon competitor necessarily. Yeah. Eggy yeah. jet pilot, build the wall, build a tall. That is all. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good rhyme. Jeff Miller, new watcher. Just want to thank you guys for all of your great videos. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for tuning in. Penguinator again. Does the wall get Christmas lights and a sweater mm. in that funding? I hope not. because uh, <laughs> We should decorate it just because we're patriotic. Um, economic wrong thing. How about those Vikings, Matt? Yeah, the game got a little dicey today, but then they totally uh, dominated the Dolphins, which I know Blonde cares a lot about. But it looks like the Vikings will be in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, There's a good. sports team called the Dolphins. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins. That's really good. Probably my most hated uniforms in the NFL. They have teal and orange, and I hate that color combination. Hmm. Uh, almost as gay as men in tight pants tackling one another for the amusement of all other men. I watched it for three hours today. That is super clear. <laughs> John says, I work for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. The shut affects hmm. us. We are considered essential. We are mandated to work without pay. Right. Yeah. So you Last get your pay happened, later. But they get paid uh, retroactively, right? Yeah. You get retroactive pay, but that might not necessarily help you if you, you know, depending on what your financial circumstances look like, a month shutdown might be yeah. hugely uh, impactful. I don't mean my interpretation of it is not meant to like shit on any particular worker or anything like that. But I, and he, he says he's an essential one or whatever, but I just wonder how it's possible that we have something like a million non-essential non employees of the employees. federal government. We clearly have some government. Bill so, we have to get hmm. um, last time it happened, they gave us letters to give to our creditors. 
Oh, interesting. Like, sorry, it's not our fault they can't pay their bills. Yeah. Or it is our fault they can't pay their bills. It's Congress's fault and the president's fault, I guess. Evan M., did you hear that Sesame Street now has a homeless Muppet to reduce the stigma of being homeless? I always thought that was a good stigma to have. Yeah, we, we heard that on Wednesday. Isn't And yeah. isn't that what Oscar basically already was? I know. Isn't Oscar the Grouch kind of a homeless person? Doesn't he live in a trash can? Yeah, he's always in a trash can. Big LC says, blonde is fucking better than you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Travis Valle, have you all considered starting your own site through Wix or something? You can, you can manage merch, content, donations, etc.? Uh, P.S. Matt, I show your videos to my friends, and one of them calls you plaid shirt guy. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah, someone called me. I saw in the comments, they called me the flannel channel. Kind of like that. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, would I like to have a website? Yeah, I would, actually. And that would be on my priority list of things to accomplish as we grow the show and expand. The only thing is, we're just, as we've been in kind of for this last year, we're kind of in this weird spot where it's like the prospect is there to build some of these things. We're not yeah. quite there because I, I don't have the time to manage that sort of thing myself, neither does Blonde, so we'd have to hire someone on to do it. Um, and the prospect is getting more realistic, was getting super realistic prior to this sort of thing. And it's, it could totally happen in the next year. Um, but things like that, we're going to have to have some people to help us out on. And yeah. I, and I know there are people who are willing to volunteer time. As a matter of principle, I want to pay people who work for me. So yeah, that's, I don't that's really want anybody doing work for free. And it creates accountability. Um, even if that, even if a volunteer does a great job, I still want that mechanism of accountability. It makes me feel bad. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JVDo961. Hey guys, I'm going to miss most of your show live. Trying to figure out a last minute details for my New Year's trip to Japan. Sweet. Cool. Keep up the good work. Have a great time. Um, let's just do two more right now. Semper Admiliora. Trump is going about this wall thing the wrong way. He needs to frame hmm. this as we're building a wall to protect Mexico from white nationalists and Nazis. Ah, <laughs> very clever. I like it. That's a good angle. Uh, last one for right now is from Stumble Leaner. Even if Schumer made a decent point, he still expressed it as. You were telling some Pinocchios. Can they get anything right? Yeah. Well, that was, to be fair to him, that was a reference to the Washington Post's use of Pinocchios. Don't they? Yeah. 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 So they, they score you based on the, your number of Pinocchios, whether or not you're lying. It's like they went Snopes with feature. four before, but now they have bottomless Pinocchio. They're giving Trump bottomless Pinocchios. Oh so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be uh, not that Schumer is un unworthy of criticism. I think there's plenty of routes to take in criticizing Schumer. I just, I don't want to uh, credit him or punish him as the creator of the Pinocchio terminology in that circumstance. Real quick over on Streamlabs, uh, Miles Kinslow says, Hey guys, Obama was recently given a human rights award. It's crazy to think the U S the U S is first black president, uh, foreign policy led to black people being sold as slaves in Libya, Libya intervention. Love the show. Interesting. It's so bad. <laughs> All right. Don't forget about Hillary's, uh, Hillary's taking that as well. Rusty dog says, can't reason with people who blame the U S when, uh, parents drop their kids over a 20 foot wall, shove eight month old babies under the wall or drag their seven year old daughter across the desert to her death. That was an interesting story this week too, which we won't be touching on tonight. Yeah. But I did read about that and hear about that. Everybody Nothing wanted to blame ice, even though they tried to save that little girl's life and like yeah. airlifted her to the best children's hospital nearby. At yeah. Great taxpayer expense. Nothing you say can get through to people who support this. Uh, Michu says, ten, uh, Michu says I, uh, I'm not sure, but I think an earlier comment, commenter was suggesting if Trump joins Gab based on the Twitter public forum ruling, it protects Gab from being deplatformed. Oh, I see. So it would be oh, like yeah, somewhat yeah. interesting. I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe there's an angle there. My favorite username is back 
for one more go around. Do you remember my favorite username? The most shocking username of all the usernames of all of our dildo swagons? Close. Honorable mention. <clears throat> Smegma Bukaki69 <laughs> says, <laughs> Would you guys ever do a live show? It'd be cool to hang out with everyone in the live chat someday. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Uh, XOXO. Well, thank you as well. Um, if the only time I would consider doing something like that is if the demand was such that I could actually set up a tour. Like, I don't think I'm going to do one off kind of things because you know there's just it's a lot of time to commit to there's a whole bunch of reasons but if if there was demand to set up like a couple months of touring that i'd consider that maybe uh but the, would you, you know, because i don't really want to do this outside of the comfort of my own home I being don't, around a bunch of people would really freak me out i'd consider it i think i'm more inclined to maybe give it a whirl compared to you and we're in kind of different spots in our life too you know in terms of you know children and stuff like that not that i'm revealing any information i'm just saying plans I've already dug myself into deep in the hole here. <laughs> anyway, I can see why you're inclined not to want to, to participate in that sort of thing. Um, but maybe, maybe I would. And then people were going to find out that I don't have any legs also. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll have to show our, uh, our, our feet and legs. Well, we've already shown our feet, I guess. People know oh, they exist. Right. People do know I don't have legs. Right. Run, uh, run It's Godzilla. I'll just shut up before I ruin everything here. Run It's Godzilla says, uh, take my... <laughs> Take my shekels, you frumpy faggots. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, this story over at Columbia. Is it, it's Columbia University is the name of the uh, college. I know it's a famous school. I just want to make sure I say it right. It's not Columbia College or University of Columbia. It's Columbia University, correct? Uh, a student there, Julian Von Abel, I'm going to go with that, sparked outrage after bragging about Europeans building the modern world and expressing his love for white men this week. Video surfaced on Twitter of a late night drunken discussion between Von Abel and other students. The preceding context is not explicitly clear. Uh, let's show the clip of what happened with this guy talking about how much he loves European heritage and white people and then the controversy that resulted. We built the modern world. Europeans. Europeans. Built the modern world. We invented science industry. And you want to tell us to stop because, oh my God, we're so bad. We invented the modern world. I feel you. You're so dumb. We invented the modern world. We saved billions of people from starvation. We built modern civilization. White people are the best thing that ever happened no. to the world. Whoa. We are so amazing. I love Say myself and I love white people. Say that one more Fuck time. Fuck you, white people. Right here. Fuck you, white men. We're white men. We no. did everything. Look, I don't hate other people. I just love my oh, white men. No. Okay. As you can tell, uh, there's where's the lie? Come on. Well, there's that angle. There's clearly some substance involved. I think this took place sometime around 4 a.m., so it's clearly some type of Oh, that college. kid's shit face, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of them, but he definitely is. In terms of the events that followed this, um, so this was posted to Twitter by one of the people engaging in the discussion. After backlash, Columbia denounces the, quote, racially charged incident and confirmed they are investigating the matter. The student newspaper accused Von Abel, this is the guy going on the rant, of, quote, harassing students of color and spewing racist white supremacist rhetoric. The student paper describes a scene I think is that is somewhat at odds with the video. They say, quote, a group of primarily black Columbia underclassmen were harassed outside Butler Library around 4 a.m. Sunday morning. Julian Von Abel, 
class of 21, uh, 2021, followed the students from outside Butler to JJ's place, where he continued to berate them with racist and white supremacist comments in the incident that was captured on video that's by students and has since gone viral on social media. And that's what's... He didn't say anything negative about any other races. He said positive things about white people. And again, it's, a, you know, it's like a minute clip. I don't have the full context, but I, what I Berating see is them, them mostly... No, 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 no. no. Yeah. This is not what happened. I guarantee what happened was that he was getting harassed by this group of black students and one it's, random white chick. It seems like they were following him, not yeah. him following them. Based and then once on they instigated like. this, they started filming. That's how they do. I'm guessing there's additional context to this. Yeah. it's uh, But all we have is basically Julian Von Abel's description. I've not seen any video clips. But... Anyway, uh, a university senator, a student, I, I presume a member of like the student government body, Alfredo Domingo, Dominguez, tells the student paper about the encounter, quote, you can have arguments all you want about free speech and people being entitled to say what they want. But when that bubbles into assaulting black or brown people and <laughs> with that and then stalking them, you're getting into oh, levels of hate crime and your speech being directly related to violence. Now, Von, Von Abel's never seen touching any of them. And to your point, there's actually brief contact between them and him. They actually touch him. Yeah. Nonetheless, here's a sampling of some of the mainstream media headlines about this particular inc uh, incident. The Miami Herald, video of Columbia College students' racist speech in New York. New York Post, white Columbia University student goes on racist tirade. The Hill, Columbia University denounces white student who berated black classmates with racist nope. language. Whatever. This is still counterproductive because people, this is just going to serve to red pill people that watch that clip. It's like the it's okay to be white thing. Yeah, it people is kind of an that iteration like, of that. That was pretty benign. What did he say that was that bad? What did he say? Sorry, I, I don't mean know. No, no. I'm just, I, I, I think we have a pretty similar perspective. It just on makes this. me rage. It's like they're going to try to destroy this kid's life for saying self-evident things when he wasn't even dogging on any other race no he, he said explicitly anybody. i don't have I don't hatred hate, for anyone else i just have and you can tell i'll speak to this in a minute too but you can tell he's being kind of trolly as though he was told white people suck and he's going nah we're the best man we're the best because he's kind of yeah some of what he's saying is maybe sincere it just seems a lot of like drunk reactionaryism that's sort of trolly in nature to me mm -hmm. that said even if it's not trolly even if it's a hundred percent sincere i don't see much wrong with what he said necessarily a few more headlines uh, that characterize this incident. USA Today, uh, Columbia University denounces racially charged rant by white student. Time Magazine, Columbia University denounced a student's racially charged rant. And the Daily Beast says white Columbia University sophomore taunts students of color in racist tirade. Oh, come on. Viable. Cool. cool. I want people to watch this. He denies accusations of racism and hatred, saying on Twitter, quote, nobody has explained what I said that was actually negative or racist or insulting toward anybody else. I was theatrically and sarcastically demonstrating that whites are not allowed to embrace their cultural achievements. As everyone who has known me in my whole life knows, I am a kind person and I don't hate anyone, certainly not for their race or ethnicity. I am not a white supremacist or racist, nor do I subscribe to any views that support that ideology. Uh, I unequivocally unequivocally denounce all groups that support racism. Now, according to Von Abel, his rant was a reaction to someone referencing white privilege to dismiss his views. But we, I have not seen any footage Good. of that. More of this on every college campus. This is great. Um, and I don't really see that he issued a, an apology per se. I think he played this off well. Not that I've seen. I think he stood his ground. 
but good. I might be wrong. If good I, I might have missed And him. they're going to try to ruin his life for this. I hope this opens up doors for him because this is a brave, even though he was drunk, like clearly really drunk. <laughs> this is a brave, well-spoken young man that has not backed down, even though he's facing tremendous public pressure. So I do hope that that somebody takes pity on him, gives him a, a good job. He deserves it. Hmm. I got a few takeaways that I want to emphasize about this. First point, he did nothing wrong and nothing he said was racist. Everything he said was about positive opinion of his heritage, not hatred of other people, explicitly so. And he did not denigrate others. He spoke in positive terms only, not negative terms. So to get to this racial, racial implication, you have to interpret that. You have to believe that was implied. And I don't, I don't see that as, as sound reasoning here. Um, I, as we mentioned earlier, I 100% guarantee there is missing context that helps to explain what we just watched. He didn't go on this rant out of nowhere. He is clearly having some type of late night drunken discussion and a reaction to something somebody said to him. I'm guessing, and again, this is speculation, but I'm guessing someone said some anti-white nonsense to him and he responded. This is consistent with what he claims, but it, it seems like based on watching the interaction, that's what happened. He didn't, he wasn't walking around campus and say, and said, Hey, look, a group of those coloreds that I hate, I better chase them down and berate them. That's not what happened. Uh, and, and because I believe that's contextually and uh, what happened here, we have to understand the difference between defensive reaction and offensive aggression. I don't mean offensive. Like I'm offended. I mean, like you're taking, you're, you're taking an offensive role, taking action against somebody. There's a difference between giving an unprompted speech on campus about racial superiority, like, oh, white people are the best and all other races are inferior, right? unprompted, like as though, that, as though you're just doing this to provoke people, versus responding to somebody saying white people suck. Now, granted, I'm guessing that's what happened here. I'm, I'm speculating, but I'm pretty you comfortable with that speculation. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, the last thing I'll say, of course, it goes without saying, this would be a non-story if it was a black kid who said how, who was walking around campus uh, high or drunk at 4 a.m. talking about how proud he is to be black. Non-story. Non-story. It would have 50 views on YouTube. Nobody would give a shit. Yeah. So uh, I don't see... I, I don't understand. To be frank, I don't understand what's controversial about this at all. I've heard... When, you know, when I was that age walking around college campuses or, you know, being drunk with friends, I've heard way more screwed up stuff yeah. than this. The difference is it's caught on camera now. But to say that it's hateful, you have to infer that hatred. You have to go against what was explicitly stated. So I hope he stands his ground. Like I said, uh, good the for school... you, Matt. Good for you. You know, I don't well, think I would have heard this from you a year and a half ago. Well, it's it's getting it's becoming very clear. And as I will say, and I've said all along, I don't want racial rivalry. I don't like tribalism. But much of what we're watching is a, a coalition of people, this coalition of the, the uh, these these grievance mongers, basically telling white people you suck because you're white. Exactly. And then you get some pushback on the channel like. I did not care about any of this until people started telling me that I needed to feel bad because yeah. I was a certain race. And then I got defensive and that's how this all was born. Now, if he had reacted, let's say that he had reacted another way and said, no, 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 no. Let's talk about black crime, black people. I mean, there is a way that he could have been aggressive and denigrating towards another race. He didn't, he didn't do that. He just yeah, said, where's the lie in that though too? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying even that would necessarily be, factually incorrect what i'm just drawing a distinction between taking an aggressive um 
stance against another race versus defending your own. And all I see him doing is saying, I will not be shamed for being a white guy. We've done a lot of cool shit. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, we haven't, we've barely even touched on it. You've referenced it, but truth as a defense, what, what is the lie in, in what he said? Truth is a defense. Hmm. So it sounds like the school is investigating. I hope that he is not punished in any way. I think it would be a travesty if he is. Oh, he's going to get expelled. Oh God. For sure. I'd, I mean, I'd don't be, you think? I'd be irate if I were him and that happened. But anyway, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to the degree to which so many of these uh, media outlets have joined the pile on this kid. All these media outlets joining to defame him, teaming up to defame him for something that you have to stretch pretty far to say is racial hatred. In fact, I'd be comfortable saying that he's probably on the receiving end of racial hatred. That's what for happened. Sure. He was on the receiving end of it. I agree. Or at least racial dismissal. If we believe his story and all they said was you don't count because of white privilege, well, that's still racial dismissal. Mm -hmm. Maybe not hatred. Maybe hatred's the wrong word, but racial judgment, racial dismissal, that sort of thing. Uh, ooh, three stories. Let's let's close with all the stories before we get back to Super Chat to close the, uh, close the show. We only got 10 minutes before the top of the hour, so I guess we'll have to hurry. Uh, but returning is um, it's the it's time for the, you know, the terror attack of the week. And now the nothing to do with the religion of peace terror attack of the week. I was told by the BBC the motive is unknown. Have you been able yeah. to track down what happened? Motive unclear, says yeah, the BBC. Yeah, that was too... I, I hate to defend the BBC, but in that mm. article they did um, note his, his Islamic ties. Uh, which one? Because this was an early one. So I think they it went was back the day and after. He, they may State. have um, revised the article. They still left that the, the motive is unclear. Hmm. But in the subsequent one, they said that eyewitnesses did hear him say Allahu Akbar. I almost forgot about this story this this week. I know. Like I forgot to include it in the in the show notes because it's like you. It's it is um, frustrating and sad how quickly we forget about stories like this. But what the hell happened yeah. at this? market this so, christmas market in france this was december 11th um a man opened fire at strasbourg christmas market in france and eyewitnesses say he shouted allahu akbar as they do mm. open fire he was armed with a gun and a knife he escaped the area after he jumped into a taxi so i it sounds like the french police were really incompetent in this but i don't know maybe i'm being too judgmental so as he fled he came into contact with four soldiers they fired at him and hit him in the arm and so he hopped into this taxi and he just told the driver that he had killed 10 people um, and that he had been injured in a firefight. And he ordered the taxi driver to drop him near a police station. And then mm. when he got out, he fired at police officers and then somehow managed to escape again. The taxi driver's fine in all of this unharmed. Uh, yeah, I don't think he was one of the ones killed. I might be wrong mm. about that. But I so five people were killed. A fifth one died today after being in a coma for since the incident. Mm. Uh, Ten people are still severely injured. Um, and because of eyewitness reports, an extensive police operation involving a helicopter was launched and they were able to track down the suspect on Thursday evening. Mm. And then they killed the suspect after another exchange of fire with the police. So he was identified through his fingerprints and of course, Muslim, no surprise there. He was already on a watch list of people who are a potential threat to national security. He had 27 convictions for crimes, including rob robbery. And they spanned several countries, France, Germany, Switzerland. He had spent a ton of time in prison. 
Um, and he was born in France, born in France. Yeah. Hmm. Do we know, uh, like how many, how many generations, uh, he had been, his family had been uh, I'd in France? I'd imagine not There's... very many, probably second generation. Hmm. So, um, the Islamic States, uh, group, the news agency, Amak said on Thursday that he was an Islamic state soldier who had carried out the operation in response to calls for targeting citizens of coalition countries fighting its militants in Syria and Iraq. So this was obviously um, a motivated attack. Uh, yeah. And then BBC the day after this was, ha this was happening. And I know for a fact they had heard reports by then um, that he had said Allahu Akbar. They still did say that the motive was unclear. I saw reports immediately as the news broke that that's what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it was very obvious that that's what was going on. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the interest of time, you want to move on or I, I don't, unfortunately, I, I love that this has just become this. pretty standard. Although no, it's, it's honestly, sort of sucks, but Islamic attacks have kind of fallen off my radar. We, you know, in, in truth and in fairness, we, I, this is just my guess, but we used to do more of these. I think we yeah. used to have one of these almost a week. It almost seemed like last yeah. year. So maybe they're becoming less frequent. I don't know, but the media coverage of them, of course it will perpetually, uh, understate the abundant truth that there's a problem with Islamic violence in Europe. And hopefully uh, it's a problem that will not continue, but I'm not optimistic for that. Anyway, uh, I love, I don't know if you had a chance to read about the hoax hate case this week, but oh, I, love a good this. One. Yeah. I love this story. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally so a product wrong. of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? A transgender Central Michigan University student claims on Facebook to be the target of hateful graffiti. Lies. Uh, graffiti is a... Um, generous word to use here because what we're really talking about is marker on a marker board outside his dorm so i think this is a female to male transgender person which is usually it's the rarer form i i think that's what's going on here anyway it all started on november 20th when one of the uh the residence halls residents so the, a dorm uh, resident of this transgender person found an expletive and a transgender slur on jace parker's door jace parker is the transgender person in question took a photo cleaned it off and alerted him you're seeing the original note on the marker board on your screen now. It says, Pizza, piece of shit transy. <laughs> Written in marker on the marker board on the room. Wow. Okay, so Parker, the transgender person, reported this incident to the residence hall director and the school's Office of Civil Rights and Institutional Equity. Parker waited a few days, hoping to see a public statement from the university, but nothing happened, so... He took to Facebook on December 1st and wrote this lengthy post that you see on your screen about, you know, the transphobia at, at Central Michigan, Michigan University and such. A day later, the university posted their response on Facebook saying, make no mistake, CMU stands with Jace Parker. Uh, a, a, the, apparently, there was some sort of miscommunication or the... Uh, I should say the campus office of LGBTQ services also issued a condemnation on Facebook, multiple school offices doing this. Parker said he had been told there was a miscommunication with the school and the university was under the impression he did not want the incident to be made public, which is why they didn't talk about it publicly. Uh -huh. He replied, well, yes, 
that's the purpose of my hoax hate is I want it talked about publicly very much. Didn't say that actually, but you know, that's yes. I want it public. Yes, please. I know when I don't want people to know something about my personal life, I run to social media. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so that's so they 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 condemn and they disavow, and then fellow students began supporting all began posting all sorts of supportive things outside of Jace Parker's dorm room. You're loved. We support you. All kinds of notes, nice notes outside the dorm room. Um, but of course, this was insufficient because on December fourth, Parker says he found another. This is what I understand: found a paper covered in a slew of hateful words. Report doesn't say where. Just a paper covered with a slew of hateful words. You can see a picture of this crumpled up paper on your screen. It's hard to read and I can't really blow up the image, but reportedly in this Detroit Free Press article, some of the phrases scribbled on this piece of paper read, die now, (laughs) die bitch. And this one's my favorite. Rot lol. (laughs) Okay. Rot lol. And there are many other things. No. Okay. Parker took the note to the director of residence life and campus police says Parker about the school. I just wish they would push more education on people about being a part of the transgender community, because right now it's kind of like all the transgender members and students kind of have to educate everybody that they come in contact with. And I don't feel like that's fair. So, you know, pushing Uh, education. Please, If you're a tranny, don't try to educate people about it constantly. You're not going to have any friends. And surprise, surprise, Parker's situation comes on the heels of the discovery of a racist note left on another dorm room in November. That note prompted a campus-wide message from President Bob Davies that hate will not be tolerated. So we're either dealing with uh, some very trolly people at this, uh, at this college campus who know they can get this type of reaction, or we're dealing with hoax hate. One of the two. I don't buy that this is a serious threat. I don't know that Jace Parker is in danger of rotting lol like you're gonna be killed what is rot lol that's the weirdest (laughs) oh god so we'll have to see uh no confirmation about whether this is in fact a hoax or not as of yet but uh, i just i don't think we've seen this example before of just a standard piece of paper with a million and we never get tranny hoax hate is this our first tranny that's a rarer variation yeah we don't it's mostly racial in nature yeah, it's mostly black people drawing swastikas on their own cars, on their own something like that. Escalades, but not. I was remembering earlier today my because I was trying to remember the greatest hoax hate of all time was it the chick with the gold teeth who said I can't believe they would have that someone could have like so much hate in their heart and that was yeah. the we gonna be rich Facebook post example. Yeah. Or yeah, I think the best guy though is the dude, the black guy who worked at that church. And needed money to fund his crack his habit. His crack habit. So he was right. stealing out of the, the church's financial resources, including like the vending machine or something. Then going out to buy crack, break, repeatedly breaking into things to buy crack. And then when people caught on to his trail, he spray painted swastikas to cover his tracks. <laughs> that was a good one. No, I think the other one, the gold tooth lady was better because the we gonna be rich, that was her daughter. But she had also posted a selfie where behind her, she had a can of red spray paint. Yeah. Like the, the spray paint was in a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I hope I'm wrong about Jace Parker. I'll gladly correct the record when, uh, when do you, you know, hope the, that you're wrong? The ghost of, well, I guess I should hope that I'm right. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't want this to be happening. Yeah. I, fair point. I guess what I should say is 
I don't want my cynicism about people to be validated necessarily because I don't like to live that way. But what would make you more cynical that people are harassing trans people or that trans people are inventing hate crimes? It's a better state of the world to have them inventing hate crimes. Point taken. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happened there. In a related topic before we get out of here, it's been a little while, but we've Don't been following... Don't make me talk about this. I know. I passed this off to you because I ran out of time today, but we've been following the life and times of these competing rival 10-year-old drag kids, Desmond is Amazing and Lactatia. And we have an update from Desmond is Amazing, who I guess was seen at a New York gay bar dancing on stage for money, is the report? Yeah, at like 3 a.m. Okay, tell me what happened. So, this is from Milo, but Desmond is Amazing delivered a headlining performance at a Brooklyn gay bar on December 1st. He's 10 years old. He danced on stage in a crop top, a full face of makeup, and adult men in the audience showered him with dollar bills. Yeah, do we have the video, kid? Oh, I didn't see the video. I didn't even know. Is there video in the page here? I just have pictures. Um, Or maybe I did just see pictures. Yeah, I, I got the pictures I up. Video, a video of it. Um. The event called Club Woe was hosted at Brooklyn Gay Bar $3 bill, promoted on social media. Desmond also celebrated the performance on his own Instagram page. Um, adults could buy tickets on an Eventbrite page in which the venue described itself as queer-owned and operated. We foster a safe space from love. We respect all human persons as long as those human persons are also respectful to the ones around them. Hmm. Also, the club has a no-cell-phone policy. Interesting. Apparently, there's a YouTuber named Yosef Ozia that uh, is cited here. Let's see if I can see if there's any footage. Hello, guys. I'm, I'm going to turn this down, but see if there's actual footage. He's talking about. Oh, yeah, there is footage he shows here. I've got it on screen now uh, of Desmond dancing around at this club. So, I mean, this is not speculation. This is not like we saw that it might have happened. There's video of this happening. And I know this was really predictable, but about a year ago when we first started covering him, I said at the end of this, he's going to be frequenting gay bars where Mm -hmm. drunk men are going to sexually assault and rape him. Yeah. And like that has already happened. I almost guarantee it. Yeah. And we were sold this. Uh, Remember, like back when we were watching this stuff happen, it's we're always sold on, oh, it's just a mom letting a kid be a kid and he wants to dress this way and stuff. And it was always sold as like a non-sexual thing. And yet each and every step is is more sexual than the last. I don't is know. Is he the one with the bull dyke mom or is that Lactasia? I can't remember which was which. Which one had the mom... One of them has like a bulldog mom and then has a dad who's totally emasculated and the other one was raised by a single mom. Hmm. It's just, so, just child abuse. Where's CPS? Like they'll take your kids for homeschooling in Canada, but like this establishment this? is just a bar. It's described in in the article here as a sleazy Brooklyn gay bar. Yeah. But if it's just a bar, how is it possible that they're allowing minority uh, minorities minors in <laughs> to uh, to come not only just patronize the bar but to perform? How is that even a thing? I don't know because the the bar owner probably has some kind of agreement that they're going to pass him around and stuff. You want to tell me this kid isn't getting raped by all these people? I know. That's that's the thing is like, this is what you're seeing promoted on their social media. Imagine what's not being shown. Right. I know. And as a society, we're so ass backwards that people are going to tell me that I'm a bad person because I don't want a child to get raped by a bunch of drunk, drug addled 
yeah. gay men. Like, seriously, is, is that where we are as a society? In what, Fine. In, in a, you know, you take your pick on any other context. If it was a little girl doing this, which it's, it's not about gay, trans, drag, any of that stuff. It's about the sexualization of a child, period. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know why we allow this drag or queer, LGBT, whatever stuff, all this bullshit to shield what in every other context is the victimization of a child. That's, it's right. And, and I would like to hear from the gay community more to be like, you've taken what is a relatively normal phenomenon, which is homosexuality, and used it as a guise and a Trojan horse to allow your pedophilia. Yeah. And this is the sort of stuff, as someone who is always, the, the issue of, of gay marriage and so-called marriage equality was always important to me in formulating my political viewpoint when I was younger. This is the sort of stuff, this is the boogeyman stuff that they used to warn me about and say, well, you, you, can't, you can't start down the slippery slope because this sort of thing will start happening. And to this day, I don't see why legal equality for gay marriage necessitates this sort of outcome. I don't see them as linked in any way, and I don't think they have to be, yet I'm observing the steps keep creeping in that direction. Why? Why? Right, I know. Why can there never, that's the danger of progressivism though, is there's never enough progress. There's always one additional step to take. And that's kind of where I got off the ship is like, okay, everybody has legal rights now. That's enough progress. Guess I'll go do something else productive right, right. with my life. That's the they fault don't have of that. conservatives for thinking that if they gave progressives any power, that at some point they would be like, all right, that's, that's enough. That they were reasonable people. Yeah. But they're power hungry and degenerate. And I'm starting to think satanic. Yeah. This is crazy that, that as a society, we're allowing this promoting Let's see it. see where it goes. Anyway, wow. I'm kind of, I'm kind of burnt out top of the hour. We should get out of here. Um, okay. I will do some super chats. First son of man blonde. How can you let Matt be fake news in his last video? He said he didn't know what it's like to be gay. Hashtag Matt <laughs> is a big homo. I may, I even made a joke at my own expense uh, in that regard. Because I was trying to talk about, and you could see it in context, but. Keaton yeah. Matthews, blonde's current hairstyle reminds me of Christine Baranski and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Matt, mm. would you ever get a Helsing Arms 13 millimeter auto anti-freak combat pistol? Jack? I don't know anything about it, but if it's a gun, it I would consider real? getting it. Sure. <laughs> uh, That's basically my attitude on guns. Yes, please. <laughs> Sounds cool. Jim Hunt. Guess who's? I've been going through a lot of rough stuff lately, but things are starting to get better. I listen to your show every week on iTunes. Just haven't been able to participate. Thank you, Jim. And I hope mm -hmm. that things look up for you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that stuff. Uh, Zach Cornell. Hi, I just wanted to tell It must be that time. Just wanted to tell you I love the show from an atheist conservative. Thank you, Zach. Oh, well, we, thanks. Yeah. We have the real diverse audience, right? Sure. I mean, I, I think and uh I think you and I both don't have clear perspectives on where our religious worldviews lie at this point either. It's like, no. I, I wouldn't say that we're atheists, but I don't know if I ever was, but uh, searching, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know where I stand I want on my religious kids questions religious. these days. Well, I, as I've said many times, I admire the utility of religion more and more as I get older. Oh, yeah. So who knows? Mark O'Donnell says shekels because fuck PayPal. Ain't that the truth? Well, thanks. Josiah Lott, blonde advice for 19-year-old guy, 20 in January for finding a woman. Will you make my online dating profile for me? LOL, JK. Don't do um, it. It won't work. Don't do it. Yeah. It's... <laughs> no, I mean, don't have, don't have you. No, no, don't, don't, him. don't yeah. do online dating. Even though that's how I met my husband. It's, it's a bad game for, for men. I don't know. My advice to a 19 or 20-year-old guy is to like work on yourself until you're 30 and then meet a 20-year-old girl. Yeah. That's basically how I... Well, not 20, but that, that was the approach I took. I don't know, like 
seven to 10 years is a really good age gap between a man and a woman. Build yourself uh, some establishment, you know, work on yourself. And, and then uh, ultimately it's confidence and having stability and assets that attract women. So, and it, you build a better version of yourself doing that anyway, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Frank Underwood, I once made love to Matt at Patreon headquarters just as I filled Matt's butthole with my warm man juice. <sighs> Jack walked in on us. I asked him if this is observable manifest behavior. Matt sobbed into the carpet. That's the worst one. Wow. I was disappointed earlier and that one came back with a vengeance. Our parents must of... be so proud of us. Oh, yeah. Viral journey. I don't know how effective repetitive chants are in this situation, but fuck the optics. This is cold. Yeah, I assume you mean the Alex Jones thing. I agree. Sure. Uh, Shelly Perkins. I'm a bisexual social worker with previously pink purple hair. I don't always mm. agree with you two, but I appreciate the intellectual conversation. Thank you. Sure. We appreciate that, Shelly. You want to take over? I'm getting a little hoarse. Uh, I'll do ooh, a few more. You can catch up. Yeah, I'll find um, where you are. Peter Edwards. What happened to your antitrust laws? Monopolies are okay now. They broke up Mabel for a reason. You know. Yeah, we do have precedent for this. A big donation from Gabriel Lopez. Merry Christmas, you fags. Thank you. Well, thanks. Uh, uh, 2A? Yeah, I could take over if you're, if you're ready. Mm-hmm. Matt and I once made love while we watched Trump, uh, the Trump wall being built. The erection was a sight to behold. Tall and thick and intimidating. Well, thank you for that. Get one, two, three. No, no. Thanks for supporting the show. Shot gas, glass philosophy. Looking forward to... Um, the Patreon Ruben platform, since I don't support people like you as much as I would, uh, would like to, and it takes a lot of whiskey to maintain my philosophical perspective. <laughs> Keep up the excellent content. And thank you. Well, thank you kindly. Uh, I, I bought PN. Uh, no, no. Thank you for supporting the show. David Blackstone. Sorry. I missed most of the stream guys had to, uh, had to get a marker that fell down the line catcher in my dryer. Okay. We had uh, to unscrew the back and everything. Blood was shed. Anyways, Merry Christmas and have a great stream. Well, I hope it works out. I hope you get a Band-Aid. Thank you. Uh, Lola Chrisman says, Sorry, Blonde. This one's for Matt. Uh, have to uh, have a pint on me, love. You're adorbs. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ooh, Keep up the amazing work. You, you, we need that. it. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, I still give Blonde her split. No matter what. We, imagine if we had like separable uh, super chats. Oh that would God, get, it'd be a disaster. There'd be a war. Maybe we could get a bidding war going among our audience members. Anyway, thank you, Lola. Merry Christmas. Uh, Yama Fago just had a lefty YouTuber turn down being a guest on my podcast and called me a Nazi. Sounds familiar. Huh, He's yeah. too, uh, uh, here's to many more. Uh, and if I'm not around next week, Merry Christmas, guys. Well, what do you, oh, okay. Ne- not around. I took that very like morbidly. If I'm not around next week, Gee. you just mean if you're not tuning into the show. <laughs> It's like, yeah. well, where are you going? You got a terminal illness or something? Thanks, man. <laughs> Happy New Year and all that. Uh, Stumble Liner, I'm the guy who pointed out the Pinocchio's thing. I'm from Ireland. I didn't realize this was a thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're especially if you're not from the United States, you wouldn't know that reference from them. Still, his shit-eating grin while not looking at Donald killed me. Happy holidays to you both. You as well. I did notice that that Don, that Trump was more willing to look at Nancy and Chuck in the eyes and engage with them directly. Chuck yeah. Schumer kept kind of like smirking at the cameras and stuff and sort of appealing to the journalist audience. And he did engage with Trump directly too, but it just the approach was a little different. That was one thing I picked up on. Yeah. Quidus Jones, the intellectual dark web is hilarious to me. How about uh, John Derbyshire, Steve Saylor, uh, everyone at VDare, Takis and Uns Review. I'm not familiar with these people. 
the truly vilified people who are deplatformed wherever they go. Actually, I don't even, these people are so underground. I'm, I don't even know the names. Do you know Neither these names? Uh-uh. Interesting. All right. Sorry, I don't know the reference. Thanks for supporting the show. Fat Hooligan. Did you guys see Jake Uger's rant about CBP, Customs and Border uh, Protection, I assume? And therefore Trump supposedly causing the death of a seven-year-old girl at the border. Freaking comedy gold. The guy's lost his mind. Cheers, guys. Well, I'll have to check it out. Uh, maybe that's video worthy. Who knows? Jay Edgar, Merry Christmas to you both. Matt, I got super sick this past week and I missed an email from you. Check your Patreon message. I finally replied. Sounds good. I hope that you're well. Merry Christmas to you as well. Shauna Thornton, do you guys think the French attack was also retribution for the French rising up? Also, I think it's interesting that he attacked something so clearly European, Christianity and Christmas. I hadn't thought about those angles. I don't know. I'd that say it unrelated. I don't know. Seems to me that, yeah, there's plenty of... Uh, Islamic grievances they're willing to pursue regardless of super specific angles like that. But maybe, I don't know. That's not right. Says Matt and I once made love. I was the rot. He was the lol. If you know what I mean, (laughs) the mighty sumo, if the authorities had any stones, yeah, right. The first step in any of these supposed hate crimes would be to ask for a handwriting example from the victim, probably eliminate 99% of them right away. Fair point. Uh, One Ornan, I don't know how to say this Orninid. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but the point is blonde's hair is amazing. Well, thanks for supporting the show <laughs> and blonde's hair. Fitzburg, check out an open secret on Twitter. It's an account for a documentary film about child sex abuse in Hollywood. I've heard of this. Yeah, it's uh, They really were going good. off about Desmond on their feed. Okay, something to check out there. Dangerous uh, Spaces. Oh, sorry. I was oh, do you want to take over? Uh, Dangerous it. Spaces. Can we rename him Desmond is Exploited? This is so rage-inducing. I'm going to burst a blood vessel. Hey, Matt, mm. you responded to my email, but did you get a chance to watch my hoax? I did. D- Dangerous Spaces sent me like kind of a, mocks, a mock uh, Law & Order intro. You know, it's like in a world where all ho- hoax hate crimes are expected to be believed without evidence. Two YouTubers are calling bullshit. Dun-dun. You know, the Law & Order kind of thing. So it was yeah. very cool. Thanks for that. You guys are so creative. Um, Philip Rifford to Rogers, generacy begets degeneracy. That's true, too. David Blackstone, slippery slope is a fallacy, my ass. This kid stuff just makes me sad. YouTube wouldn't let me say anything stronger. Hmm. I know, in college, I'd be like, oh, that's a logical fallacy. Now I want to go back and smack my 18-year-old self in the face. But get your shit Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked about it a few times. The slippery slope can be a logical fallacy, but it's not inherently. It's just, all you're saying is, if you accept these premises... in in this particular argument, it opens the door to this other conclusion that exactly. is bad. Right. And that's not illogical. That's not a fallacy. Uh, last one is from Michelle Boland. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. Your thoughts are always spot on. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. We are good on this end. Okay. Uh, I just have to, I think we just have one more on Streamlabs. Let's see. Um, AKN girl, I think is where I left off. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. You as well. Thanks for remaining a sane voice in the insane world we live in. Much appreciated. Quebec L gets last word. Hi, I work for the FAA. Uh, I'm essential. Um, oh, didn't we get this one already? I'm an essential government worker and will be working without pay in the government shutdown. Might have been another person speaking to the same effect. I'm perfectly okay. At, yeah, we did. Um, uh this is a different person, I should say. I'm perfectly okay with it. If it means border security, people give their lives right. to protect this country. I can deal with some inconvenience. Well, good for you. And you. I think I think that's pretty admirable to take what, you know, a, a patriotic stance or at least what you believe firmly to believe uh, to be a patriotic stance, even if it even if it causes you a little personal yeah. trouble for the time being. That's that's cool. Good for yeah. you, man. And thanks for supporting the show. Merry Christmas and happy new year to your family as well. You got anything else to say before we get out of here? 
No, thank you all so much for being so generous tonight. Yeah. Uh, seriously, I mean, long. amid all the, I know that one guy's going to be really pissed that we went long. He's going to be <laughs> at our throats again. Fuck that guy. I don't care. But, uh, but seriously, guys, amid all the uncertainty, I know if, I'm not, I'm not concerned or afraid at all. I know this show is going to, it's just a question of where the show is going to happen. People are still going to yep. watch it. They're still going to support it. Whoever's smart enough to capitalize on that opportunity is going to reap those rewards. So wise up people. we got a good thing going here and I appreciate everybody keeping this community alive. Uh, appreciate all the live chatters, all the super chatters, people hanging out live. If you're listening later on YouTube uh, or on one of the audio platforms on demand, we appreciate you as well. Uh, remember if you want more material, if you want to listen back to the Wednesday night call-in show or hear some other interviews that you might not find on our channels, you can check those out on the audio platforms, Apple podcasts, Google play. They're all linked conveniently in the description and you can always email us. That's beauty the beta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday, maybe with a guest, maybe some, someone will hang out with us eventually. Who knows if it's Sunday, it's not meet the press. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's beauty and the beta. See ya. Try and catch